following program has adult language and plenty of spoilers. Listener, be advised. Irredeemable shag. Tell me your Sear Wars number two story. Well, hold on. Are we, are we doing this for real? Are we on? Uh, I'm recording. Okay, so <clears throat> give me like a countdown or something so I know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, it's Rob, boy. What? We don't do things like you guys do it up in Florida, and, or no, actually in Jersey. You're not in Jersey now. You're on my turf. I thought I taught you how to podcast proper, son. <laughs> Go uh, fix me a turkey pot pot, bitch. <laughs> a farm of superheroes has arrived. In America, in America. Fantastic Four. You tell me when we're back in and give me a direction. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you hanging. It's funnier that way. Bastard. <laughs> uh, Secret Wars 2 or Secret Wars number 2. Where are we at at this point? Okay. Origin story time. Good. I was in sixth grade and I had my interests. And, you know, I had watched Spider-Man as an amazing friends like every other well. Wait, you know, wait, wait. I want to know what kid. your interests were. I want you to detail what your interests were in that time period. Uh, sixth grade. What is that? That's probably Star Wars, a little bit of Star Trek, you know, maybe Thundercats. I played music. So I was in, I was in the band. Not that I really enjoyed it, but that's what I did. Uh, oh, I was a big Doctor Who fan. Big Doctor Who fan at this point. Doctor Who, to me, as a kid, was this strange thing that appeared on PBS that other people who weren't me watched that particular point in time or actually probably a couple of years after that point my first girlfriend who was a few years older than me she and her sister and her mom watched Doctor Who and you would think that you know I would just go in and hang out with them and watch it with them and you know take advantage of that you know as an in for me but I just I absolutely refused to have anything to do with Doctor Who as a kid and my father you know when I started hanging out with him a few years later he watched it all the time I never decided hey I'm going to spend time with my father and watch Doctor Who I was just like what is this weird boring crap with all the heavy accents and that guy with the funny scarf and walked away and go play with GI Joes instead <laughs> Doctor Who actually got me reading uh, I mean, I could read, certainly, but I didn't have a passion for it until I started watching Doctor Who. I'd read those Target novelizations, which were basically retellings of the episodes, and I read through those like crazy. turned me into a voracious reader. And, if, and, and like you, though, the very first time I saw Doctor Who was a sneak peek of one episode called Genesis of the Daleks, which a few people at home that know what I'm talking about. And I thought it was a huge Star Wars ripoff. I'm like, it looks really poor, poorly made. And here's this guy with a long scarf. There's another guy named Harry Sullivan, a girl named Sarah Jane Smith. And I'm thinking... So one of these is supposed to be Han. One's supposed to be Luke. She's supposed to be Leia, I guess. There's Davros and the Daleks. That must be Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. And I thought some college kids had put this together as like a Star Wars ripoff. I thought it was terrible. And it wasn't until a few months later that I came back and watched Hand of Fear, and I was hooked. So going back to to Secret Wars. I never watched an episode of Doctor Who until – what was the David Tennant episode where the girl gets stuck in a manhole cover? Oh, God, you watch Love and Monsters? Yeah, my father put that on for me a number of years ago. That was the first Doctor Who episode I ever actually watched. <laughs> it's a great episode, but I don't know that that's the right place to start. <laughs> my father knows me. It was the right place to start. Okay, fair enough. 
I was definitely a sci-fi kid. I was on the periphery of all the geek kind of stuff. I, I, I had seen Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. I'd seen all the superhero movies. K- at this point, what is that? That's 83. I was probably still reading the Star Wars comic book from Marvel Comics. So I was into a lot of, you know, peripheral kind of stuff. And I had read the occasional comic here and there. I had an issue of the Fantastic Four. I had an issue of Justice League. I had lots of Sad Sack comics. Loved me some Sad Sack. I inherited those from somebody. Anyway, so I'm sitting in sixth grade fairly early in the school year. So this would be towards the end of, what, 83. And maybe I have my dates mixed up. Those of you who know your dates, God bless you. I'm sitting there reading, not reading, I'm screwing this up left and right. I'm not used to being the guest. <laughs> it's confusing for me. Someone else is in charge. My power. I, I'm, I'm hungry for power. All right. Now I want to know when Secret Wars came out. So I'm looking this shit up. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was 84. Really? Okay, let me set the stage. It's March 1984, and I'm at lunch with my chums of sixth grade. And these are kids I, I didn't know in elementary school, so I'd just gotten to know them this school year. And I felt a bit like an outcast, as every kid in middle school does. Uh, I was part of the gifted crowd, so I was supposedly smart, and yet I was the dumbest kid in the gifted program. So I felt like a bit of an outcast. And we're I mean, at lunch. Well, it was, was part of the problem that you referred to them as chums? Because I could see that being a problem. Yeah, that was exactly it. You're, 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 you're hitting the nail on the watch, head. I, I should have thought of that 30 years ago. <laughs> you're watching Doc. You're reading Doctor Who novelizations and you're calling your friends, quote unquote, chums. Yep. Yeah, that, there's your problem right there, dude. Probably. It pro- that and uh, that I, I wore zips from Kmart rather than Nikes. It's somebody out there got that reference. <laughs> but So we're sitting around Bobo the lunch table. Bobo footwear. What's that? Bobo footwear. There we go. And they're talking about Wolverine and Cyclops and Spider-Man. And I know who all these characters are because, again, I watched Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. I remember Wolverine. He's this Australian guy with claws. And Too early. That was 87. No. Yeah, I believe that that was 1987 that Pride of the X-Men came out with Wolverine and the Australian accent. He had an Australian accent in the other ones. Did he have that? I thought that was exclusive I, to In Pride fact, of the I don't X-Men. think he had an Australian accent in the Pride of the X-Men. I actually don't know if I remember Wolverine being in the old Spider-Man show. Yeah, he they, they Spider-Man went to the X-Mansion and Thunderbird turned into a friggin' bear in it for no apparent reason. <laughs> And Wolverine at the end sticks his claw through a fruit tray and goes, hey, mate, want a piece of fruit? Oh, my dear God. I, I have no recollection of that. I'm going to have to, uh, as soon as we're done, run to the YouTubes and find that. Yes. The X-Men were in two episodes. One was Juggernaut. I remember Juggernaut, like, smashing through the X-Mansion, I want to say. That sounds familiar. But either way, ch- check them out. There, there's a, I want to say there's at least two episodes of the X-Men. Maybe it's just one. But Thunderbird definitely turns into a bear in one, which is just like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? So in hindsight, back then, I didn't know any better. So we're sitting around this table this is the longest story ever <laughs> by the way talking- the other episode was the and then there was one episode where they're all in the expansion and people are getting picked off one by one what are you googling this shit no i remember that off the top of my head because that was a very memorable episode for me because they had a whole bunch of marvel characters in there that i'd only i'd never seen before and watching them get picked off one by one i, I was totally into that but just a minute ago you said that didn't happen no i remember i didn't say the x-men didn't appear in amazing spider-man i didn't remember wolverine uh, and i specifically okay. don't remember wolverine with an australian accent since i thought the whole aussie thing got blown up in the later part of the 80s. I thought that was I, like you know a Tom I could be I could be wrong. Yeah, I, thought that was I was going Hogan. I was going for a laugh no matter what. So shut the fuck up and let me talk. <laughs> So we're sitting around the table. I know who I know who the X Men is. I know who the Wolverine is. I know who Spider Man is. Right? I'm good. They know, I know who Doctor Doom is. I'm keeping up. You're so Suddenly, frustrated. anyway, terrible kids, just making me feel terrible. I don't know who Ultron and Galactus is. I, I'm, I I'm picturing you as a young Ronnie Raymond, and your chums are all Cliff Carmichael's. Yeah, it's kind of what it was. It's uh, that's sort of fitting. Yeah, except I didn't play sports. Oh, actually, I did play flag football. Now that I think about it. Anyway, so I'm being mocked horribly. And, and by the way, your Marvel listeners have no idea what you're talking about with Ronnie Raymond. Cliff Clyman. You're Cliff Carmichael. I stole being- most of my listeners from you. Of course they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You do. I do notice in your comment thread. I'm like, hey, there's Ange and Kyle Benning. And, hey, guys, 
come back to my house and play. Anyway, so See, your show I, comes I'm, out on Monday and my show comes out on Tuesday. We're all nice and cozy together. You're, you're like my lead in. I'm your I'm your I'm your warm up comedian. So I go home. I'm like I'm no, like no, upset. No, I'm, 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 we're more like I'm the probably, lead sitcom that comes up. in. I'm like on the I'm like on the verge of tears practically because you know now I don't know then. Galactus. What? Go ahead. What? What, you, what the fuck is so important that you have to interrupt my story about Galactus and Ultron? Oh, no, I'm just confirming. Are you on the verge of tears now or were you just then? Then. Right now, I'm pissed because this other mouthy guy from Texas won't shut the hell up. So, anyway, 1984 comes along. Super Friends hits the air. So September 94, Super, I'm sorry, Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. And I'm introduced to a little character named Firestorm whose head's on fire. So I start buying that. That was probably... Well, not probably. It is was the first DC comic I started buying on a month-to-month basis. Started buying Firestorm. That led me to Justice League, which, by the way, I collected Justice League from like 1984 all the way till uh, about a month or two ago, nonstop. And it kind of breaks my heart that I've stopped reading Justice League, but I just don't care of anymore. All the times you could have jumped too, man. My all-time Nader was Dan Botto. Yeah, you know, I, I almost jumped, but I, back then I always knew. Because there's been lots of shitty periods of Justice League. God, I mean, the, the period with my favorite, one of my favorite characters, Blue Devil, you know, is horrible. And yet I always know the Justice League can suck, but it will become good again someday. You know, someday. Boy, it sure came back after that run, didn't it? That was right Grant before, Morrison? That was, that was, yeah, right before Morrison. Yeah, it came back big time. It was Honestly, great. Honestly, I have to say, too, like the last six months to a year of the Gerard Jones, Chuck Voitkovich run, I actually enjoyed it. I hated the first six months or so, but the latter half, it actually finally started to get some traction just around the time they were canceling it. Are you talking about Justice League International? What, Justice League America. It's, they started on the zero issue. They'd moved over from Justice League International to Justice League America at zero hour. Okay. And like the, up until issue 100, the book just sucked. Just was terrible. And then at some point after 100, they finally started to figure out what to do with Obsidian and Nuclon and all those guys. And that would never be my Justice League, but I think the book actually got pretty good there toward the end. I hear people bash that run a lot, and some of it deservedly so, but the that's latter the, half... That's- that's the run I'm talking about sucks. Yeah, I know. But, what, that's, but then that's why I'm defending it is I think like the last six months to a year of the book, they finally got it together and it was actually getting what? interesting. You like the Yaz? What the hell's wrong with you? I didn't mind the Yaz. No, but I, th- I think honestly what it was, I liked Fire, Ice Maiden, Nuclon, Obsidian, the way those characters were interrelating with one another. It was like I said, it was finally les- starting lesbian to relationship between Fire and Ice Maiden? Yeah, I dug that. Well, it actually wasn't a lesbian relationship. That was one-sided. Is Ice Maiden was trying to get with Fire and Fire was hooking up with Guy Gardner out of okay. like spite and desperation and depression. Pity fucks. Yeah. All right. You know, we're talking about DC shit. Back to, anyway. <laughs> so the, the, the answer to the question is it, it started with Firestorm in 84. It, but in start reading Justice League, it really kicked off a crisis. Crisis was full of so much energy and so much creativity. And the coming out of the other side of crisis, whether you like crisis or not, DC was exploding with new creative ideas. Whereas the New 52 tried to do the same thing and relaunch DC, they didn't come out of the gate with a bunch of creative ideas. They just came up with another way to tell the story. Whereas after Crisis, it was all kinds of creativity that no one had seen in years except over in Marvel. And so that's when I became a hardcore DC reader. It was probably around 87. Yeah. Well, you also had that influx of talent that had been fed up with Jim Shooter. DC yep. reaped the benefits of Jim Shooter pissing off one person after another. I mean, they got John Byrne, for God's sake. Yes, they did. You know, and they already had George Perez. He was already happening. So They already had Jerry Conway. They already had you know all those folks and and they made made good use of them unfortunately nowadays it's kind of funny the the new 52 is also a result of 
influx of Marvel guys, but they're all from the 90s. Well, no, actually, uh, I would say it's ex- almost the exact same situation in that so many people have been driven out by the video era of DC that all those guys are doing work for Marvel and Image and other companies. And so DC tried to do what they did in 87, but they don't have that influx of talent. They've got the guys who are willing to stick around and these guys that were washouts in the 90s. Well, no, but if you look at it, though, it's all of Marvel. Guys. you got Bob Harris. That's what I'm saying. you got it's, Jim Lee. And Bob and I know Harris, what you're saying, but I'm yeah. saying if you look at the template, though, it is Marvel from the 90s. It's not just wash-ups. It's guys specifically from that era. Scott Lobdell. It's all the Marvel 90s guys who weren't that great. That's so true, that's, true. That explains why it's not that good. Yeah, exactly. So, you just don't have that. Although Scott Lobdell's Alpha Flight was really good. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. The Fire and Water Podcast, celebrating Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Available at Fire and Water Podcast, Aquaman Shrine, Firestorm Fan, and on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, here to talk about Firestorm. Along with me is my co-host, Rob Kelly, here to talk about some guy that talks to fish. Really? You're going to pull this crap during the promo? It's bad enough I have to put up with your shenanigans every... I also got Marvel Age quite a bit back then, too. But Yeah, my brother bought Marvel Age. I, I don't yep. recall paying money for that, like real money. Plus, I wasn't in a comic shop. They, were, they weren't on the newsstand. But I would always get them out of the quarter bins when I could manage to get to a place that had discount comics. When did Marvel Saga come out? That was, I think, the late 80s. That didn't last long either. And again, that was one that I don't think was on the newsstand. My brother bought it. and I It absolutely was on the newsstand. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, my brother bought it. I did not buy it. But I read his. And that was very much where I learned what I knew about early Marvel history as a kid. Here we go. Just uh, September 1985. So this is really when I was a knee deep in Marvel guy. Because I would go, what I would do is I'd have to go to my mother's office after school, and for like one, like once a week, I would have to go to my mother's office and hang out at her office for like two hours after school. So she would give me a, like I don't know a dollar or whatever your parents give your kids back then, and I would walk down to the convenience store. It was about three blocks away, or maybe two blocks. Doesn't really matter. And I would pick up an issue of Marvel Saga and get a lemon lime slush puppy. And I would come back to her office and I would suck on that slush puppy and read Marvel Saga and I could not finish it in the two hours because yeah, it's just it was text. text. Yeah, it was great. It just like Love that's, it. I bought Marvel Universe for the same reason. I didn't buy Marvel Saga, but I did buy most of the run of Marvel Universe as a kid <sighs> for that reason. Marvel Saga was so much better, you know, because you saw all that. Like what they do is they would weave together the Marvel history, not as it was published, but how it had become chronologically. So you, like, in the earliest issues, you'd be seeing you'd, you'd see Heather and and Mac Hudson. From John by John Byrne, yeah, and then you'd have yeah, a Steve Ditko right next to it. Yeah, so it was so fucking awesome. I love that book. No, I, I definitely loved it. I just wouldn't pay for it for some reason. I think my brother was buying it, and I was perfectly content to just borrow his copies. You never paid for anything, apparently. No, I paid for a lot of stuff. And, and you, you were just mentioning to me, one of the main ways I got my comic books is that my grandmother was a chain smoker. And she'd give me like a couple of bucks, and I would walk down to the local 7-Eleven, and I'd buy her a pack of Virginia Slims. And <laughs> it usually took me two trips, so I had to earn that money. It took me two trips to get enough money to buy one comic book and probably a few cichlids, because I right. was whole. So so that's how I got my comic book money is I would get the change left over from a pack of Virginia Slims. 
Could you imagine a kid going into a store nowadays to buy cigarettes for his grandmother? No, I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share that story because I used to do that all the time. <laughs> Shit would never happen. <laughs> yeah, kid, it's for your grandmother. Get the hell out of here, kid. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. I, I was never a smoker. I, Me either. My, my grandmother was a chain smoker. My stepfather was a chain smoker. My father smoked. Eventually, my mother smoked. She decided to adopt smoking like in her 30s. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, not a, not a bright woman. And uh, being around all those smokers, and I actually bought cigarettes for my grandmother, never had an interest in smoking. I've smoked the occasional cigarette, but you're talking about I've smoked less than a pack of cigarettes in my entire life. I've, I've maybe smoked a quarter of a pack of cigarettes spread out over my entire life. I have a long history of smokers in my family. I never did. The closest I ever got was in college when I would get horribly drunk. I would wear my dirty raincoat, smoke a cigar, and go around and say, excuse me, pardon me. I was wondering if I could ask you a couple of questions, which is a really bad Columbo impersonation. Yeah, I caught that, but I was actually picturing you in your Ronnie Raymond phase in college now with your six pack. Oh, God. <laughs> Justice League International Bwahaha Podcast, a new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter. Batman. Doctor Fate. Black Canary. Fire. Ice. Maxwell Lord. Oberon. Captain Marvel. Rocket Red. Captain Atom. Mr. Miracle. Guy Gardner. Booster Gold. Blue Beetle. Nort. And many, many more. Justice League International, Blahaha Podcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? I mean, well, I, re- I read all the Avengers from basically, I don't know, starting somewhere around the 30th anniversary with the the, the foil covers. Oh yes, yeah, I, I jumped. That's one of those things we have in common. Yes, we both, we both started jumped, with the brown jacketed Avengers. Yeah, we both we both jumped on to Titans with the Titans Hunt, which classic yep. fans can't stand, and we loved pieces. And yes. we both had the bomber jacket Avengers, and we loved those covers, and we were totally into it for at least six months to a year. Actually, I I started with the brown jacketed Avengers, and I stayed with it until almost the very well, actually, I stayed with it into Hickman's run, and then finally just kind of gave up after a while. I got tired of all the relaunches. There's only so many times I can buy Avengers number one. That I've talked about this in the past, too. I think that Hickman was telling too many DC stories in a Marvel book, and, and I like mm. it when they're distinctly different from one another. But once you get into all the parallel universes and everything, and the incursions, and that's a DC thing. I really want the companies to separate, and instead they just seem to become ever more incestuous year after year. Well, his Fantastic Four run was outstanding, dude. I've heard good I mean, things about just, that. Now, didn't hurt that he had Eagle Sham on the book, but it was really enjoyable. Dale Legosham, or Eagle, whatever the hell you call him, I, I love his artwork, and he consistently doesn't draw any books I want to buy, though. Alpha Flight, bro. Alpha Fright, blow. <laughs> you know I planted that just for you, pal. <laughs> yeah, Alpha Fight, blow. Anyhow, <sighs> um... But yeah, so, but that, and I will say though, with that creative team, I was tempted. And actually, I probably should check that out now that I've got the, the Marvel app. You're, you're on Marvel Unlimited? Yeah, of course I am. I was tempted that before you got onto it. Greatest thing ever. And I'm a DC guy, folks. I, I am not a Marvel guy by trade, but I, I, I've been passionate about the DC universe. It's where my, my love is. I started as a Marvel kid in around 83, and I always felt like Marvel, uh, once I moved on to DC, I felt like Marvel was the training ground for DC. I mean, that's how I treated it. But now with the Marvel app, I added it up. I read something like in my first year, because I kept a spreadsheet and tracked all the 
comics I read on the Marvel app because I'm that much of a dork. I needed to know my utilization of the dollars and if it was worth it. So between me and my stepson on the Marvel Unlimited app, we read somewhere in excess of 300 comics. So if you do the math on that, that brings the price down to like, I don't know, 20-something cents a comic, which is unbelievable. And it's not like we're reading 25-cent bin junk. You know, I'm reading early, you know, John Byrne, Claremont X-Men. I'm reading some Amazing Spider-Man comics. I'm reading all, you know, whether it be modern Battle of the Atom X-Men versus the Peter David Incredible Hulks. I read some great, great comics, and it made me so happy. I got so much joy. So I'm a huge, huge advocate for the Marvel Unlimited app, and uh, I think it's awesome and i'm just straight up pissed at dc because they haven't got their shit together and won't launch an app and no i don't need to hear all the arguments of why dc's royalty structure doesn't work for an unlimited app and what it does to people but because you know what warner brothers dc comics is a business and if they want to figure out how to make it work they will find a way to make it work and compensate the appropriate people a Alan Milton was so with you at the beginning of that paragraph, and then you probably deeply offended him by the end of it. None of that quarterback shit. Uh, <laughs> Actually, he and I have already had a very long conversation about the Marvel Unlimited. What, what, what was his response? Well, you'll find out in July when it comes out in the Quarterman ah, podcast. Oh, very nice. Okay, reason to listen. Good, good, good. I need one of those. Um, <laughs> it's an Ultraverse book, too. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, maybe not. Anyway, um, the second thing <laughs> is um, I would – I don't – use the app nearly as much as you do, not even a fraction as much. I'm that guy who buys Blu-rays and DVDs and puts them on the shelf just in case I want to watch a movie at some point in the future to know that I have it. And I'm the same with, way... I do that with books. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm bad about that, too. Um, with the Marvel app, I will sometimes go months without even opening the thing up, but I want to know it's there, and I'm, I would happily pay price twice the price just to have that access whenever I wanted to. And the same is true of DC. I, I'm not going to read any of these DC Rebirth books. I'm I'm so pissed off and fed up and just tired. I'm I, I just emotionally exhausted by that company. But uh, Liam Sharp was in town, uh, and he was showing off pages of his Wonder Woman, and it's some of the best work of his career. Uh, and as much as I'm not into Wonder Woman running out of the sword, I kind of want to read that stuff. Am I going to buy the trade? I'm not sure. You know, although I've heard some good things. If for no other reason that I'm just so tired of the current power structure at DC, I just want those guys to be gone and could just as soon buy those books as a back issue. And maybe when those guys are out, maybe somebody will go, hey, we need to do something like the Marvel app because we're losing our shit over here. And the, I mean, their market share is fucking in the toilet. It's like 20 something percent versus Marvel's 40 to 60 percent, something really high like that. Yeah. Um, and it used to be they were competitive, and now it's not even close. Um, they got to do something, and I, I don't do the comicsology thing. I don't. I don't download individual comic books. I want a Netflix for my comics. And the more people that have that, the more I'm willing to spend the money year after year just to have access when I do want to read that. DC well, desperately the, needs the that. The Comicsology Unlimited app is pretty good too. I just did the free month trial of it. Mm-hmm. I was pretty pleased with it. And that, you, I know you read a lot of image books, so I think you might you probably dig it. Yeah, my understanding is one of the things they did with that is they put a lot of the initial trades on there, but then you can't continue the series after that point. But the creators who were still cares? Kind of- the people who complain about that, shut up. For your six dollars a month. You get access to the first trade. If you like it, then get off your butt and go buy the next trade. It's, hey, that's what it's for. It's a taster. I have it under good authority that in stock trades has Deadly Class Volume One for just five dollars and forty seven cents. So, <laughs> it is someone listening to the Justice League real. International <laughs> Annual Number One episode, however many months ago it came out before this thing did. They would know that. <laughs> um. 
but yeah, I mean, in, in compensation is an issue with that because I understand that image is putting some stuff up there and there's still some question about who's going to get the money. And, and that's more of a concern for me with image than it is for DC because I think at this point, so many creators are so used to getting fucked by DC that they'd probably be like, okay, whatever, you know, let me do what I can to try to scrape some money out of these fuckers. But it's such a runaround. What's the point? Um, I mean, yes, comicsology is having that problem at, at launch, but they're going to get it worked out. It's just, it's just a process. Everything has a bug rather than sit there and try and make the perfect system and never launch it. They launched a system which had some problems yeah. and they're going to make adjustments and fix it. Well, and the truth is the Marvel app isn't perfect. There's a lot of jacked up stuff in there too, but I don't care because like you said, it's deep discount, whatever you want to read. Most of the stuff that you want to read is in there. Um, so, you know what I'm yeah. reading right now? Mm. Just for no apparent reason, I got this weird bug up my butt to read the old Guardians of the Galaxy comic from the 90s. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, the Jim Valentino stuff. Yeah. Did, so did I read the first were, issue. Yeah. And they, and they reprinted the letters column where he gives like the whole history of the Guardians. And then he tells you all these back issues you should read. So then I go back and reread those, or not reread, read for the first time, those back issues on the Marvel app. And I'm like, I'm having a blast. I'm reading some crazy 70s comics featuring the Guardians. And they're just a hoot. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I am living the joy. And didn't even know I needed it. Yeah, and I, I didn't get around. I, I was trying real hard to get other uh, guys to get this uh, to happen, and now it's been a few years since I read it myself. Do make a point. Um, uh, the Marvel, I think, is a preview where they debut the Star Lord character, Black and White Magazine. It is on the app, and I do recommend talking about the original Star Lord, the, the 70s, original Star Lord, the... yeah, the seventies stuff. Okay, uh, the Black and White Magazine stuff. It's a completely different character. And it's much darker. He's not definitely not a wisecracker. In fact, if anything, he's kind of a dark anti-hero. But it's still really cool stuff, and I'd recommend checking it out. I think I've actually read it because mm-hmm. isn't it in the Guardians of the Galaxy classic collection? Maybe, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, they also put some stuff in there that was more like Claremont, and it was in full yeah. color, and that was a more mainstream version of Star Lord. The, uh, the version of okay. Star Lord you read do some kind of questionable stuff where you're like, is this guy a nut job? Is this guy dangerous? Because <laughs> uh, that's what I read, and that's what was like, whoa, this is a whole different character. So, and I think okay. it was, I think it was like Steve Englehart that wrote the initial stories, that's and so he was funny. going to a way different place than what they did with him later on. All right. Also, uh, check out the Thanos series. Really? Yeah, the thing I liked, I know, you know, it's not for everybody, but as much as I love Jim Starlin, and, and the Jim Starlin stuff in Warlock is going to play into Guardians that Jim Valentino did, if you read it long enough. I think within the first year, the Universal Church of Truth starts getting involved with the books. Um, but as much as I love Jim Starlin, I wasn't a huge fan of his initial run on Thanos, and then he had a falling out with Marvel and quit out of nowhere. And so Keith Giffen and Ron Lim took over for the second half of the year that it ran, and it all it does is set up stuff from Annihilation. Um, mm. But I, I thought it was actually pretty interesting, and it, it it will inform and enrich your enjoyment of the Annihilation stuff. Reading the Thanos stuff, okay. And you can also I've, see I've had to completely avoid your Annihilation episodes because yeah. I'm I've stalled somehow. I don't know why, but not for lack of interest. But I've stalled on my reading of the first Annihilation miniseries and the second one. And uh, some people have already spoiled certain aspects of the thing for me, so well, I'm bummed and, about that. And the thing with if you read the miniseries, you're already spoiling it because you have to read the Prelude miniseries before you can even start on the main one. I think I'm reading. I'm reading whatever the trades, however that lays it out. Oh, so okay. I read like you know the Drax miniseries, and okay, the, which was all bad. That stuff. What? Just just off the the Drax miniseries was bad. I enjoyed the Drax one. It's the super if you like the Drax one, one the rest, I find myself dragging through. Yeah, the guys didn't like Super Scroll either. I was the only defender of that one. And honestly, if you you could you could jump ahead. You don't have to read all that stuff. That's a lot of material to have to get through. 
and uh, it's of questionable value, you can jump right into the Core Annihilation miniseries on your app and just not worry about that stuff because it'll get you up to speed pretty quick. Well, you really I'm, won't miss mind, much I'm, anything. I'm reading. 1970s like Marvel two-in-one appearances of the Guardians of the Galaxy just so I can prep for the Jim Valentino series. Obviously, I don't mind rereading questionable material to build up to something. <laughs> I don't know how was that stuff. I've never read it either. Hardly, it's, honestly, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, it really, I've discovered. I, I've always loved Marvel Team Up. Marvel mm-hmm. Team Up was actually probably uh, besides Secret Wars my gateway drug to the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Just because I knew I could buy an issue. Uh, this is when I was old, you know. 12 years old, buying comics off the newsstand, I could buy a copy of Marvel uh, Team-Up and get Spider-Man and some other cool hero, different one every single week. You know, So I could get two heroes for my money, and I, it was always a fun sort of one-and-done story. And so Mar- Marvel's uh, Team-Up has a very special place in my heart. I absolutely love it. And I never really got around to reading two-in-one, though. And only in recent, um, probably in the last year, where I've read several issues of two-in-one. And it's a blast! It really is! Like a whole, I found a whole run that was drawn by John Byrne, mm. so it's just gorgeous. Gorgeous. You know, it's it's an absolute hoot. Um, so did you know there's a Claremont? Apparently everyone knows this except for me. There's a Claremont and Burn run on Marvel Team-Up? They were reprinting that in Marvel Tales in the 80s, and I, I was picking those issues up. Okay. And uh, uh, Ange keeps threatening that if we ever cover uh, the issues featuring Iron Fist, that yeah. he has to be on those episodes. And I'm like, we're never going to cover those issues. But... It's not because they're not bad stories. It's just I cannot give any fucks about Iron Fist. Uh, I'm going to have trouble getting the TV series. But but as drawn by John Byrne and written by Chris Chris Claremont, I don't think he's ever been more viable as a character than them. Because it's really some exciting stuff. And and watching it, reading that stuff through the prism of being a Spider-Man fan, which is another problem, is I'm not that anymore. But as a kid, I was, and it just made it that much more exciting and that much more fun for me. So, yeah, it, it is a really cool run. You realize you just pissed off all your listeners that like the Matt Fraction run of Iron Fist, right? I never read that. That you know, I haven't I've, either. But man, I've heard love good it. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'll probably end up doing is since Mac is such a fan of Hawkeye, we'll probably get around to reading that first, and then maybe go backwards to Iron Fist. Have you not read Hawkeye yet? No, dude. Oh my gosh, it is. Uh, uh, as far as the monthlies go on Marvel, a couple years ago when I was still buying mostly um, current comics. Hawkeye and Daredevil were the only monthlies I was buying out of, out of Marvel, and Hawkeye is spectacular. It is so good. Now, you'll hate it just because we all like it, but it is so good. Such a great comic. Well, the great thing – my, my, my favorite moment in the whole series – just shut up for a minute. My favorite moment in the whole series is he's, he's just slept with a woman, which is awesome, and he's, someone comes into the room, and they're like either shooting at him or trying to beat him up, whatever. And he has to dive across the room, and he's jumping across the room naked. So what, is they, what do they do? Over his junk, they put the Hawkeye headpiece or the Hawkeye uh, head image from the corner boxes in the 80s. Remember in all the corner boxes, like the Avengers, that have all the little heads up there? It's I'm the aware Hawkeye of all head. this, but you're telling everybody else, so just go ahead and you do your thing. I, I missed everything you just said. Okay. I, I say I was aware of that and I, I wasn't going to reference it because I figured I'd be spoiling it for Mac, but you go ahead and spoil it for Mac. That's okay. Well, it's just, it's the head. That is awesome, though. I love that. It's that was a great gag. Hysterical. So I yes, actually, the one I want to read is the Pizza Dog Spotlight. That's a great issue, too. That's a fantastic issue. But yeah, no, I, I've, I've been torturing Mac because there's a bunch of stuff that he wants to read and I was always wanting to like do it somewhat chronologically. First, we got to build up to it. And so we did our Hawkeye episode where it covers his early days as an Iron Man villain. And we're going to jump ahead to the 80s Mark Gruenwald miniseries pretty darn soon. Uh, so he'll find some relief there, but it's still going to take us a little while to get to the Fraction stuff. You don't, but the, for the Fraction stuff, you don't need any history. 
Well, yeah, but we're still going to cover the miniseries just because uh, Max got a personal connection to it, and I do too. But we'll probably jump right. right on ahead after that to the fraction stuff. I was going to so say, then you're going to have to do Young Avengers too to get the whole thing with Kate to understand yeah, her as Hawkeye. We'll, we'll, we'll lay that out as part of the episode. I'll, I'll give them the lowdown on her. All right. Plus, I, I actually I read Young Avengers. I don't know why that happened. I can't even remember how that came into my possession. But I did because, read about the first half of the year. Shockingly so. good. That's why. Especially it shouldn't Jim, have been. And it Jim, should have been complete crap. Yeah. But it was surprisingly very entertaining. That and didn't they have that crummy cartoon? There was like a similar concept out around the same time, and you like oh. contrast the, how crummy the cartoon was versus how cool the comic was. What, what was a next or something like was, that? No, a next was a part of the M two line where they did right. uh, the right. Supergirl universe based, I mean, Spider Girl universe. Maybe yeah. Next Avengers or something like that. Something but yeah, like was, that. Yeah, something it was really the future, lame. And like it was supposed that. to be the Avengers kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even watch it, but it just gave me the shivers thinking yeah. about it. <sighs> okay. What, yeah. what program are you using? By the I'm way? using Audacity. Oh, but it records both of us? Yeah. Yeah, well, see, I've got the – you, you're going through my mixer. Mm-hmm. So uh, – because and then the mixer is the recording device for the Audacity. So, Interesting. Yeah, I, I had okay. to go through that because, like, the first thing we recorded on was this awful Radio Shack cassette device, which I should have yeah. thrown a picture up on on the annual just to show how awful and antiquated this technology was. What do you think? I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So what I would do on occasion, and you can definitely tell this on the Iron Man episode especially, is I would – I tried to record – the incoming information on one track, and then I was on another track, and then I was trying to splice that stuff together, mm-hmm. you know, and talk about time consuming. That's literally the worst thing you can do in terms of time. So I finally learned my lesson, and I, I, I broke down, and I went and I bought a bunch of stuff, about $400 worth of stuff from a music store, and none of it was worth a shit, and they wouldn't take <sighs> anything back. And then my girlfriend got me early Christmas birthday presents of the mixer and, and new mics. Okay. So I totally got ripped off, and I'm learning the internet is a lot more honest than human beings. I should trust technology more than I trust <laughs> my fellow meat bags. That sounds pretty fair. That yeah. sounds pretty fair. I uh, I use a program, a thirty dollars program called PowerGrammo. Uh-huh. Great program. I've been using it for years, mm-hmm. but it did something funky a couple weeks ago. So I uninstalled and reinstalled it, and I can't fucking get it to record all of a sudden, no matter what I do. And I went through it with Bailey, Michael Bailey, who's really familiar with it. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't figure it out. So I've emailed the company, but that was Friday night. So now I'm, you know, they probably won't email me back at earliest on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'm I can't record a shit right now. I've got all this material from the, the Secret Wars. I started recording this stuff back in October. And mm-hmm. what would usually happen is like what's happening now is you get online, you start bullshitting with somebody, and before you know it, a couple of hours have passed, and you're like, well, I could use that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm thrifty. I'll, I'll I can just use that and make like I was thinking of doing Wild Agents of Marvel episodes where I'd spotlight the guys who've contributed and mm. and then take the isolate the stuff from Secret Wars and turn that into a Secret Wars episode and all the other stuff that was left over it's hey it's our listener episode gotcha so yeah so um i don't know how i got on that oh yeah so the point is is so i've got not only do i have all this filler material that we've been running for the entire holiday season but then i get to go into the wham stuff right after that so i don't have to see my good friends for a couple of months now until we have to actually record some new shit what's what's wham Oh, do you remember Wild Agents of Marvel from the 90s? Oh, 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 Wild Agents. Okay, I didn't yeah. recognize the acronym. when you. Okay, you said Wild Agents of Marvel a minute ago, and then you said, wham, I didn't follow the two related. Sorry, Sorry my mistake. Yeah, that, most of the people that I talk with seem to be children of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I feel like little old man talking to a lot of these guys. Um, <laughs> so I figure I need to just key into their generation and go ahead and go with the wham. Sure, uh, but sure. it's kind of frustrating when it comes to stuff like Secret Wars because it's like most of my friends don't have any memories from it. They were a little bit too young for it. And it's like – so like I'm trying to talk about this full spectrum and it's like, well, I read the comic in trade paperback a year or two ago. Let's talk about that. It's like you have nothing – 
what am I? What do I do with that? Well, no, there, there's a there's a valid perspective. I don't think you need ten people saying giving that same perspective, but at least one person giving that perspective would be interesting. Hearing how someone t- comes to it nowadays after growing up their whole life with crossovers every year. Right, but the thing is, is everybody I've talked to have had, has had that story. Okay, well, I'm just saying, yeah, at least get one of those. We, you know, we see, you're, you're you're my elder. I finally get to talk to one of my elders. So. Yeah, yeah, old man. I get to make uh, David Gutierrez jokes now. Oh God. <laughs> He man, he he gets on a thing. He doesn't let go. He's like a little pit bull. Well, just, no, it, it's funny because it's it's your karma coming back on you because he's the you of the Ultraverse Network, and yeah. then you're obviously the you of Fire and Water, and then yes. you're the me. Or wait, anyway, you know what I'm going for. I know, yeah, I'm I'm the straight man on Ultraverse, but on Fire and Water, I'm the color man. There isn't really a straight man on Ultraverse. There's just degrees of of being loosey goosey. You know, I'm I'm probably going to end up buying Secret Wars when it comes out because well, it's just too it- it's too in my wheelhouse. And they're, we're actually planning on doing a Doctor Zero podcast just because of his inclusion in that event. Who's Doctor Zero from the Shadow Line? What's the Shadow Line? Epic Comics tried. Oh, jeez, yeah. Epic Comics. Yeah, but that's that's how obscure they've gone into it with it. Is that uh, Archie Goodwin wanted to have something proprietary that Epic Comics could have to give that line a face since everything else they were doing was creator owned, so they didn't mm-hmm. have any control over any of the images, they didn't have any control of those characters. So they set up their own little subline with uh, Doctor Zero, Saint George, and Powerline. And they ran, I think each of them ran eight issues total. And I happen to have bought a set of Dr. Zero, so I want to cover that uh, because they're going to – have you heard of this super blog team-up? Have you ever heard of that? Super blog team-up. I'm not yeah. sure. It's this group that contacted me. Uh, I know you know like Longbox Graveyard and – Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've yeah, seen these guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're all part of this thing and they invited us in. So it will be our first – it will be like a podcast component to their next crossover. And wow. they're doing Multiversity. So uh, I was like, well, what could we do that would break loose of that and, and with Secret Wars and seeing Doctor Zero prominently in that one Alex Ross, you know, uh, uh, gatefold image they've got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, well, we got to get go ahead and get Doctor Zero done because nobody's going to see Doctor Zero coming. That's true. <laughs> you you will have that unique little corner. Congratulations. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I, I haven't been keeping up universe. with much, but I saw the ads just the other day in previews, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, just the, the the depth of the various Marvel universes they're tapping looks pretty deep. Uh, of course, you you have a one close to your heart that they're not going to be able to touch. Uh, Ultraverse. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice, it? That would be great. <sighs> There's it's it's a bunch of crap. I I the never mind. I'm not even going to go into it. But well, yeah, I mean, we we can talk to you about it a little bit because if we're doing a Secret Wars podcast, this would kind of tie into why the Ultraverse isn't in there. My understanding is that all of those creators, particularly the writers, had participation rights that Marvel hasn't necessarily been entirely upholding, and they don't want to have anything to do with any of that those issues. So they've just mothballed those concepts. There is a lot of truth in that statement, but that's not the real reason. Because all that takes is an accountant with a good spreadsheet will fix all of that. That's all it takes to get people the right right amount of money. Well, wasn't there a reversion too? I thought that somebody like Inglehart was trying to get a reversion on some of his characters, and they, they were fighting that. Yeah. So supposedly, what is really going? And now this is not factual. Okay. So understand, I am talking from apocryphal stories. Well, and but is, before, they come from fairly to, reliable can, sources. Can I use close, this? Because I know you've been in contact with people. I don't know if you want that out there. Do I? Is 
this you and me talking or is this something to put no, out? No, you can put this out here. This okay. is fine because it's been out on enough web pages. Okay. It's been on enough web pages that it's not like me sharing some sort of secret information from a creator. Right. Okay. But the guy who founded Malibu, I want to say his name is Scott Rosenberg, I think is his name, also founded Platinum Studios. Yeah. Oh, already. There okay. you go. Yeah. Exactly. He is not a very popular person in the comic book industry. He's not well liked at all, actually. Again, apocryphal. But supposedly part of the Malibu deal was that any ma- what was it? Any appearance by the Ultraverse characters outside of comic books in like um the Ultraverse, you know, like the Ultraverse show, for instance. Ultra Ultra Force, or if they were ever to do a Prime movie, or put Prime on a lunchbox, or whatever. Apparently, supposedly, Scott is supposed to get some residuals off that. And Marvel, the people at Marvel, at least the people still there from the old days, hate him so much that they don't want him to get a single penny out of them. And so Ultraverse got shelved for that. Again, this is this is not me with insider information. This is simply what I've read on enough websites and backed up by enough people in behind the scenes, again, that they backed it up there in the public, so I'm not sharing any secret stuff. That is supposedly the real reason is because of that guy. Hmm. Because, again, the, you're right. The creators do have some ownership of the characters, and if they do publish stuff, they should get some money. It's not a lot of money, but some. An accountant who does royalties already can figure that crap out. It's not hard. So it's uh, it comes down to that. Well, isn't there some sort of a reversion point as well if they don't publish them after a certain amount of time they revert it also? No, I don't know of any reversion point. I mean, obviously, there's the public domain threat, which is, what, 75 years and they go into public mm-hmm. domain? Like, what happened with a lot of the Golden Age superheroes are now in public domain that Dynamite publishes? Well, hell, it's already been 20 years. They're working their way toward it. Right. None, I mean, of, the, yeah. none of the creators will be alive by that point point but true so in another 55 years folks watch for your prime solitaire team up and i'm looking forward to your your uh, apocryphal is going to be the new uh, influenced <laughs> you don't get that joke moving on no don't i think your by the way your most recent comment made a lot of sense we need to figure out some way to make it more accessible to people that haven't read the comics. You're absolutely right. Well, I mean, the most of the people who are going to be listening to an Ultraverse podcast actually have an interest in the Ultraverse. I have no shits to give about the Ultraverse. I'm listening <laughs> to this because mostly for you, but I'm actually, I really like David as well. I think you both work very well together, and you've got such good chemistry that I'm listening for you guys. I do Aww. not care about those characters whatsoever. So part of that is just I am so not the target demographic. So I hate for you to try to gear towards people who probably won't be listening anyway. Anyway, you know it's probably I mean? true. It's, if, if you've got fans, and th- the only thing worse than not explaining enough is explaining too much to people who already know, and they start tuning out on you. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. So it's a two-edged sword. So don't don't make any adjustments just based on me. But if you get other comments on those lines, obviously, you got to follow up on that. But I don't want to skew you guys. I'm, I'm just there for you guys. Well, I don't know. Fans is a strong word, um, <laughs> as you said, <laughs> described a minute ago. I mean, it's such a niche. I mean, fire and water is a hell of a niche. This is like an insane niche. Um, I don't even – I don't know how I went down this rabbit hole. I was halfway kidding, and then David talked me into it, and I'm just having fun with it. But sort of like you, I, I don't care that much about the characters. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot oh, of really? it's an act. Really? Okay. You're playing it up some, huh? <laughs> playing it – well, I enjoy reading the comics. I am rereading the whole line right now, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. But I'm not in love with the characters, you know, not like what we're about to do. The Ultraverse Network begins now. Over 20 years ago, Malibu Comics debuted the Ultraverse. It may not have lasted long, but the creativity and quality of its titles and creators caught many readers' imaginations when it first appeared and in the years since. This network of fans celebrates the fun and excitement of the Ultraverse and its awesome writers, artists, and characters. Featuring three ongoing podcasts covering a variety of topics, including Nightman and Solitaire, our blog will feature regular coverage of The Strangers, Sludge, Firearm, Ultra Force, and all your other favorites. 
Look for Altiverse Network on iTunes and visit our website at altiversepodcast.com. We are giving Altiverse fandom a jumpstart. I feel like I'm reflecting on my girlfriend when she listens to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff we talk about, she didn't know anything about either. She's just getting off on the jokes and the laughs and the way that we're able to convey stuff. So it's sort of like uh, that's I guess that's the way I'm I'm coming to the ultraverse is like I like you guys and I'm not completely resistant to hearing about these characters. So yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say, but I, I said it for long enough, didn't I? You're still in that honeymoon phase where your 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 significant other supportive of the podcast. <laughs> uh, six years. Oh, you mean of the podcast itself? Okay, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> that that worm will turn. Um. Actually, I, I, you know, with her, I don't think so. Actually, really, she uh. she's like me. She's kind of a creature of habit. If she starts doing that, and so long as she likes me, she'll probably like the podcast. If she stops liking me, it'll be a different situation. But oh, well, that's probably where I've gone wrong. So I've been married <laughs> ten years. So, when I, like, I'm, I'm doing that Idle Head podcast now, and I just I'm so what? bored. I'm, You're doing what? You didn't know about that? No. Okay, what, what no, are you talking I've, about? I've, I've been doing because the, the podcasting killed my ability to do a daily uh, blog. Okay. I just I couldn't do it anymore, and I was losing I interest anyway. <laughs> so I decided, well, I could probably do a little short weekly podcast. So I'm too deep into the Idle Head podcast. So it's me talking for the first one was like thirteen, thirteen. The second one's like eighteen or nineteen minutes, and I get so bored hearing my own voice. It's like I I tune myself out. So I have nothing but sympathy for people who actually listen to that. But I'm doing that solely because I just I feel the need to have a Marshmallow podcast. I feel the need to continue that blog in some fashion. But I have no. If I have an audience, it's completely by chance, and God bless them. But I have no cares about that. So when I hear myself and I'm tuning myself out, I feel bad for an audience that has to listen to me on my own. And there are a lot of guys out there like that, I'm sure. Whereas you, you have a great radio voice. You have a a, a great deal of of you. You know, you fill up the room. That's one of the things that you don't hear it as much on the podcast. But when you spend time with Mister Fix It, he's a guy who's just got such a presence. He just fills up a room on you, and he, people just want to hang out with him. And they want to hear him. Yeah. And I don't feel that way, you know. I don't feel that way about myself, much less for other people. So you, as a person who's out there, who's uh, got a vibrant persona, who has social skills, you're going to be like we're all going to be moths to your flame, dude. <laughs> so I'm not surprised you're getting sucked into all this stuff unintentionally. Well, I'm gonna, where do, is Diablo Head? Um, I'm sorry, is uh, Idle Head? Is that on your site or is it on iTunes or no, what? No, it, it, it is on iTunes now, and it's it's on the where the, the the old blog, and I'm also running it on Rolled Spine. But most okay. of the people who give a crap about Marsh Manhunter were already tinkering with the blog, so that's been where that conversation happens. It's okay. it's just sort of like how with anything like, like it seems like there are certain times when comments favor Rob's stuff and then mm-hmm. most of the time it defaults the Firestorm fan because it's just a better interface. Yeah. But sometimes it seems like with power records and that stuff a lot of people will just gear their comments towards there. It's the same thing with this. The people who want to talk about the Idlehead podcast are talking about it on my blog, which is where I want them anyway. Because mm. uh, Mac does not want updates on stuff going on with my stupid you know, Marshman or podcast. So, and I, and I wouldn't, you know, he's, he's actually a bit supportive, but he doesn't want to listen to that stuff. And I, I wouldn't blame him and I don't want him to have to deal with that crap. So I'm trying to partition that and keep it on my side of the fence. It was a golden age. Our Martian civilization was at the height of its peace and prosperity. White Martians came from beneath the planet's surface, bringing fire from the planet's guts and they burned us all. I lost my family. Came to Earth when my civilization was destroyed. Detective John Jones is what you might call my human alter ego. I'm not the only thing from outer space that's come, but right now I'm the only thing that can stop alien invasion. My name is John Jones. Also known as the Martian Manhunter. 
I'm Mars' sole survivor. There's a reason for that. I will defend Earth. You are your head of Yabalu. Podcast available to iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Okay. Hey, who does like the World's Find um, Twitter and all? Is that you? It's me and Mac. Okay. Yeah, it's, I figured it's, it's, figured it's probably you, but no, it's both of us. Mac is actually he's quite versatile with the, the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to your degree, you know, he's not out there wrangling two thousand people at a time. Dear God, I'm but not either. The funny thing though is that he sometimes he, like there were times, and he hasn't been as bad about it lately. But there were times where he was really wanting, like, we need to do more, be more proactive, and get more people, and blah blah blah. And I explained to him, look, here's the problem: the more people you have. The more assholes you're going to accumulate, the more off-topic, you know, divergent comments on like, you know, uh, men's rights activists are going to be taking over your your comment section and stuff. And when he understood that we've got a nice little group of people and they leave nice comments and we're all enjoying each other's company right now, this is a good place to be. We're not worried about getting a whole bunch of folks. But there was a time where he was really hot for that, and I think if he were more, if he felt more of a fire about it, he'd probably have been pushing that more. But I think he's kind of chilled out with that, and I think that's for the best, honestly. You want to have a nice little group of people, something sustainable, but I don't want a bunch of creeps coming in there and taking, you know, ruining things for everybody. Yeah, I think I learned that from you because back when I started Firestorm <laughs> fan. Oh, no, I, no, I mean, it's that. like I was the tipping point. It's like, okay, no more guys like that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, like. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> no, I um, when I was doing Firestorm fan at first, I was re- and, and uh, Once Upon a Geek, I was really focused on getting a huge number of hits. I mean, it was because that's actually why I started Once Upon a Geek was for the very purpose of as a, as a marketing experiment, yeah, just to try and understand blogging and see what I could do. So I was really focusing on their hits. And then you and I have been corresponding about something, and you kind of mentioned something similar, basically like, no, just do what you love, get the get the people that care, and and don't worry about that kind of shit. And it just it resonated with me, and now. You know, even with fire and water, I used to keep up with how many people, how many listeners. I don't have any idea how many people are listening nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know what, whoever's listening is listening. That's fine. You know, as long as we're getting some comments, that means people are enjoying it. That's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, and you just so long as you get enough to to keep the fire burning, enough to where you, people are like, hey, we still want to hear from you. We want you to, you know, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? Just enough to keep you energized, I think. And then once yep. you get beyond that, it becomes work unto itself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, look at the uh, DC RPG thing. Like, I want to do it so oh, bad. Oh, Hero I mean, Points, never... yeah. That, that, did they, did we got to a second one on that, didn't we? Or did we, we did. Not? We okay. made it to number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, as far as I'm concerned, still going to happen, but it's a matter of actually doing something. Mm-hmm. It's because those fucking role-playing books are so long. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I I don't just... envy you guys trying to go through all that material. I, yeah, and I didn't role-play nearly as long as you did, but I've got a nice little collection of books that I can follow along with. But yeah. aside from that one like really extended campaign... It just was too time consuming for me, and then going through all that material is oh man, I don't envy you. Yeah, well, I told Cisco. I said the next one we do has got to be a book I don't have to read, <laughs> like something that I can do. Like we we're talking about doing one of the Green Ronin books. The uh, they did these two. Uh, they're kind of like who's who's really. Um, they're just basically character after character after character after character, and all their stats. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And I said we could do those because I don't have to read the fucking book. Wait, are like, you talking just, about those loose leaf ones? That the ones that were. Uh, no, no, the okay. Green Ronin's more recently. This is uh, Green... the people that did Mutes and Masterminds. Oh, uh, okay, I got lost. They... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it was only not in the last like two or three years. Yeah, it was not Mayfair. I don't know what it is. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, this is a company. I felt so bad for this company. They got the license to do all this. They published their first book, and then September 2011 happens. Oh, and you know the new 52 starts, and it appears they only have the license <laughs> to do pre 52 new 52 shit because <laughs> all their stuff is pre new 52. 
which is very strange. But for me, it's kind of a nice thing. It's like, oh, cool. This is the universe I like. So. Now, what, didn't West End Games have it at some point, too? Yep. They had okay. it for several years. That's the, cam- that's the game system I played the longest, even though it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a good group. Yeah, yeah, because I, I bought that first initial box set, and that was my stopping point with any kind of role-playing related purchases. Wow, it just killed your passion for role playing. That's hilarious. No, 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 it wasn't. That. I never, I never played it. I actually bought that as because that's when I was so into the DC universe that I like to buy stuff like that just as reference materials. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what it was is after that point is when Levitz was passing out and Didio was coming in. It was what was waxing. And I think it was actually Didio that killed my interest in the DC universe. And as sure. a consequence, I stopped dealing with role-playing type stuff. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Someday he will be gone. So. <laughs> uh, I, might, I think the damage we might, is done. We might just, be welcomed back. Yeah, I, just, I, I think the damage is done, though. I've, I'm realizing now, because like, you're talking about doing a Blue Devil podcast, and I, I'm totally down for that. Uh, the truth is, at some point, I wanted, I'm going to revive DC Bloodlines as a podcast as well. Ooh. It's just that I'm just getting this idle head thing started. And I'm wanting to do the full year because this is the 60th anniversary of Martian Manhunter. So that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I couldn't allow myself to let that blog die because I have to at least celebrate that. There and you it's go. going to depend on how much time I have between Marvel Superheroes and Idlehead if I can start doing the DC stuff. But the good thing with the DC stuff is since my expectation is to bring in different co-hosts and have it be like rotating people, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's easier for me to generate material and that's, that can supplant the Marvel superheroes podcast. The idle head isn't anywhere near good enough to supplant Marvel superheroes, but something like a DC bloodlines one that could do that. So point is whether you have a venue through fire and water or through, uh, uh, your partner's blue devil activities, whatever they tend to do, if they do anything, or it just ends up at DC bloodlines. There's a, there's a variety of venues we can go through it and actually get that done. But I'm totally oh, down with getting that. The only thing is I still got to buy a copy of number two. I don't know. I could have sworn I had a copy of blue devil number two. I, had it 30 years ago and now i don't know where it got to oh really yeah for some reason i've got almost the or i've got at least the stuff you want to cover with the exception of that one issue we want it digitally well if if it comes to that if we if we're doing a podcast about it i don't have it in hand then yeah but more than likely if you've if you don't already have a pre-existing scan of that i'll Mm -hmm. just go ahead and buy it because i I like to pick up stuff every few months anyway and i'll just throw it into the lot no, okay. I, uh, Plus, I have to get some stuff together for that uh, Genesis Protectors podcast I'm working on. So, right, right. <laughs> I, I've become a fan of digital comics um, mm-hmm. recently because I I bought a real cheap. I bought a Nook tablet because mm-hmm. uh, you know they they suck and you know no one's going to buy those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are going for cheap these days. They're dude. They're ideal for reading digital comics. I I, I can't I, tell you. I've got Marvel Unlimited, so I, I definitely get a lot of use out of it for the Marvel Unlimited. It is a joy. That's cool. I love it. I want to throw all my friggin' hard copy comics away, practically. See, I, I won't. I was trying to get – I couldn't actually sign on to Comixology. I was trying to do that because I wanted some comics for my European trip a, a while back. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get the Comixology app to work. Hmm. And I also didn't want to have to deal with paying Comixology because I understood that they were getting bought by Amazon. I just wanted to deal with Amazon, but they're still separating the two, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, that seems sort of foolish. It's, it, really it seems is. like they would get that shit together, and Amazon would become you know, Comicsology. Amazon would become the iTunes for comic books. Absolutely, absolutely. And and that's the thing is, I've got an Amazon account. I have no compunctions about using it, but I can't even sign on to these Comicsology guys. I can't even get logged in. I download the app and I can't use it properly. Whereas I bought some comics from Amazon and read them instead. 
I don't have problems with anything related to Amazon on any of my devices, but I couldn't get the Comixology to work on my tablet or on my desktop. That alone was enough to put me off of getting anything from Comixology, and it's been a few years now. They deserve a second chance. Yes, they do. But I haven't been prompted. I I buy two comics every week on Comixology. I buy reprints of the classic Fury Firestorm series and the classic Blue Devil series. And let me tell you, they are... uh, I'm sorry, also the Justice League International books. They are glorious to read on the Comixology app. In fact, in some ways, the Comixology app is better than the Marvel Unlimited app as far as the reading experience. The guided view is better with Comixology. Sometimes the Marvel one, you get the panels aren't quite lined up right and things like that. The Comixology one's really nice. I, I'm very pleased with their app, so I, I, I support it fully. The industry needs for somebody like Amazon to get it together because yeah. we're dying out here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad. Yeah. We keep finding ourselves some nice, depressing. We, we get like let's find something nice and depressing. Let's hook into that and let the conversation just completely die for Perfect. ten, fifteen seconds. That's awesome. <laughs> conversation killers rock. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how things are. Obviously, the people who create comic books want you to read the things. Comic books aren't meant to be precious. They're pop art. They're junk culture. But they're our culture. If you're listening to this podcast, it's your culture. Most people, when they talk about comic books, they're talking about the so-called Big Two, Marvel Comics and DC Comics. It strikes us, though, that the entire comic book industry is undervalued by the general public. As comic aficionados, we'd like to have a podcast out there that covers the entire rest of the industry, and for that purpose, we will be your underguides. If you're sitting around and you find yourself bitching about comic books all the time and how comic books suck and how back in your day comic books were good, take a listen to the underguides and you'll maybe open up a little doorway to some independent comic books that you hadn't read before. It doesn't have Spider-Man in it, or a Wolverine, or a Green Lantern in it. But it talks about people's lives and stuff, and sometimes you can identify with. If you're wondering where all the good writers and stuff went that don't write your comic books anymore, they're making independent stuff. So maybe we, we may cover it, and you may find something you can go, go check out. You know what was surprisingly okay? That, that last bit of the run where they went Fight Club with totally new characters. I hated that. You hated that? I thought it was kind of interesting, actually. Well, I was, I was so heartbroken because, because I loved guys. the previous incarnation. How was the Baron Zemo Born Better miniseries? <laughs> Is that a setup? Or <laughs> no, no. I, I've, I've had it in trade paperback for years, ever since it first came out. I loved Baron Zemo, and I never have gotten around to reading it for some reason. It is as – do you remember when Thunderbolts was being published twice a month and they had like one issue took place on Earth, on Earth and the other issue yeah, took place on Counter-Earth? Yeah, I think Pat Zercher was doing the book at that time, right? It was about as entertaining as those, which is good, diverting, but fairly quickly forgettable. Yeah, not, not up to the, the, the bar that had been previously set. Correct. Okay, well, in my mileage may vary too because I have a, a great fondness for Zemo. So. If you like the Citizen V miniseries, maybe you'll like this. Yeah. No, I didn't. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just picked up uh, dirt cheap three West Coast Avengers trades uh, hardcovers. I guess Marvel's dumping them right now. I got the the one collecting the miniseries for five bucks. Then I got the next two hardcovers, like the first few set, first few issues, and the next few issues for like I don't know seven bucks a piece. I was like, woo! So I haven't read those in God. Tw- Whenever, since they first published, so I'm looking forward to reading those. I'm I'm in the same boat as you. The the only Avengers series I followed besides the early days of Buzik uh, Bushima, I mean Buzik Bushima, Buzik Perez, and Mm -hmm. um, the Bomber Jacket era I I followed for about a year, was the West Coast Avengers. I I followed that when it was coming out um, up until about the early 20s. Yeah, that, it's that probably long about right. Storyline kind of burned me out, even though I was enjoying it, but I just couldn't keep up with it anymore as a kid. I, I couldn't keep up my interest in it anymore. 
I may have bailed yeah. even before you. I'm not sure. I can't remember where I stopped. Remember a lot of Grim Reaper. That's what I remember. Um, My stopping point was when you had Hank Pym preparing to kill himself, and then Flamebird. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you just bought that stuff. I'm not going to spoil two things for you. In there one you go. Episode. Thank you. Let me just Appreciate stop. that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be six years till I read it. Going, but, you know, it's on oh, shelf. Oh God, I've got so much stuff on the shelf that I want to read. I haven't had a chance to. That's actually one of the things I like about podcasting is it's forcing me to go and dig up stuff that I've had on the shelf for the longest time. That's why I don't have a DC podcast because I was so immersed in that stuff while I was doing blogging that it's so great to like let me do some Marvel stuff. And we're actually we should have an independent comics podcast uh, fairly early next year. Oh yeah, we've already recorded now, you, you some gotta, material. You got to be careful. Because you're going to do to yourself with podcasts, which you did with blogs. No, no, it's all. See, here's the thing: we're not. I've got the idle head, and that's going to be my little side thing, and that'll be a weekly, ideally. But otherwise, it's going to be just week to week. So if we don't have, a, we, we'll we'll replace the Marvel superheroes with the independent one, and it's still okay. The same. You're going to do one. what we do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going to do what you. I mean, I'm, they'll have their own streams. I'm not going to run it all through one stream okay. because I want people to choose to listen to it. But and if and if we could, ideally, we would. We just we don't have the time or understanding of how to build the separate feeds and one website and all that. And oh. I think I think now that I've done Ultraverse, mm-hmm. I could probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we're so far in. Into it. it. We did talk one day about rebuilding everything from scratch mm-hmm. and doing that sort of thing, but I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll see. I, don't, I, don't I interrupted you. Go go. No, you're fine. I've been interrupting you the entire hour. I can't. I can't throw stones at you for what I do. Uh, hell, and if you listen to the podcast, I interrupt my friends all the time. I'm horrible. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so what it is? It makes sense for you guys to do it the way that you do it because for the most part, it's still either you or Rob all the time, and usually there's two of you together. Even when you're doing side stuff like the Star Wars one. And only occasionally do you bring in extra guys, but they still feel like they're part of the family. Yeah. Whereas stuff like the DC stuff, if I do a DC Bloodlines podcast, it will almost certainly not feature any of my close friends like in real life. Yeah. Because they're just not DC guys, and it frustrates me too much to talk to them about DC stuff. And they'll come up with stuff like, hey, wouldn't Wonder Woman movie be great if she's coming here to get pregnated by Superman? Wouldn't that be awesome? And then I have to murder my <laughs> friends – and it's it's I, I don't need the audio recording of that happening, so <laughs> so yeah. So it makes more sense for us to isolate because aside from me, and honestly, I, I want to do some podcasting without me. More of that without me. I'd love for Mac to do stuff with cars and sports and more of the stuff that he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fix It would love to do more like a smodcast. He wants to do more Kevin Smithy type stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense for us to diversify because honestly, we would be having ideally people. But not only would we be splintering off and doing stuff separately from one another, but we'd be bringing other people who could potentially do separate stuff. So it would be more like a network. So it makes sense for us to separate. Where with Fire and Water, you've got the core audience that want to listen to an episode every single week, and it's usually you two guys. So there's no sense in in breaking that up, especially because you've already got this long history. And I think it helps to be bundled. You know, like I, I've made a point of keeping the idle head separate, and I don't want people feeling like they have to listen to that because it's just not as good. It's nowhere near as good as Marvel superheroes. Um, so I don't know. It just works for us to be separate, but I think it works better for you guys to be together because it's still the same core group of people talking about the same type of stuff, and it's it's more of a family environment. You're being far too nice. I'm not used to this. Is this <laughs> really frank? Well, see, I I have to like switch hats. I'm, I'm got, I've got my MTD going on. Once we start doing. Marvel stuff, I'll be cursing and calling okay. you dirty words and stuff. You, well, I mean, you're, just, you're, you're being almost complimentary. So it's because we're off air. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Of course. <laughs> now, do you have any preferred racial epithets? Uh, are you like Polish or something? I can work on I am the Polish. You should use that. 
I'm also Czechoslovakian. Use that. That would be perfect. I don't know any Czech jokes. You can tell me the Czech jokes, and then I can hold them at you later on. Fuck, I don't know. It's a plan. <laughs> I'm Southern. I live in. I live. In, oh, I'm Floridian. Um, there you go. Yeah, I can definitely That's do Florida man jokes. But see, I'm from Texas, so I'm just opening myself up. We'll be going back and forth. We'll stop talking about what we're supposed to be and just be hurling insults at one another. Because I'm you sure go. you got a fully stocked Texas takedown box right behind you. So, but before I, we start, I should tell you we, the new episode dropped today. And um, what is the new episode? I haven't checked yet. Uh, it's New Year's. Uh, we sort of 2014 in review for Firestorm and Aquaman. Just oh, okay. kind of talking about the year that they've had, where they started in the year, and where they ended in the year. You know, yeah. both were like not in a good place necessarily at the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden now they're both like fucking movie stars and TV stars. It's crazy. I never get tired of hearing about how you guys started your blogs and <laughs> Aquaman was dead and Firestorm was dead and now they've been revived and they're in television and they're in motion pictures. Whereas I start a Marsh Manor blog and a year later he's fucking dead. And uh, <laughs> then he comes back in multiple forms, many of them completely unrecognizable to me. And now I don't even buy Marsh Manor comic books anymore and I'm killing my blog. So are, are no, nothing, nothing I love hearing better than how much better Firestorm and Aquaman are doing than my guy. Hey, it ebbs and flows, my friend. It ebbs and flows. <laughs> I, I know. Wait, wait for the blockbuster where uh, Zach Galifianakis plays Martian Manhunter. It'll be huge. Don't just it, give it time, buddy. Um, That's almost like Jack Black doing Green Lantern a few years back. Oh fuck! That almost happened. Yeah, uh, think of all the bullets we've dodged over the years. But yeah, imagine if we were doing this stuff in two thousand one, and I've got multiple seasons of Justice League, and you've got the complete absence of Firestorm in any material yep. way. You know, yeah, ebbs and flows. One thing I want to do with you guys at some point in the future, I actually want to do DC versus Marvel with you guys. Mm. And I thought it'd be kind That'd of be fun. fun. Like Mac and yeah, we we play okay. up the the antagonism some, and then you guys bring in a third, like you know Michael Bailey or or Earth Two Chris, and just like you know hash it out. I'm all for it. I yeah. think it'd be great. Well, I mean, it's DC versus Marvel. Who needs smooth? We want rough. Right. Well, and and you guys know, could actually like uh, – because you guys have been gotten, getting a little salty lately, I've noticed. You a little know? bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit more cursy-cursy. A little uh, bit. So you could just completely hurl invective. The only problem would be the transition between formats. I don't know if we would have to work clean or you'd have to work dirty. But more than likely – well, well, what we could do is it could be a two-parter. The smartest thing to do would be a two-parter yeah. where we lead people to listen to both podcasts. Mm-hmm. That way both – both networks get a little crossover action. Mm-hmm. So we go clean on ours, and then we go dirty on yours. Yeah, or maybe just bleep, because I, I know I can't wrangle oh, my guys. Don't bleep. Don't bleep. But it, it'd be really hard to wrangle my guys. That's why, like, when we were first talking about doing a podcast, I asked if we could potentially do it clean. And I, I knew before even the words you left my mouth that we were physically incapable of doing that. Okay. Well, then we'll then maybe we bleep on our end or something. And, and, and like, don't well, on yours. Well, I want... I, interaction at the same time if if we don't have interaction we could also do a parallel just like marvel and dc did where they did two episode issues and and marvel did two issues and dc did two issues where they where they like rub up against each other without actually connecting so that's an option too nah we gotta talk yeah i'd rather talk i, I think i think uh mac and i could could mix it up pretty good yeah you, you can be wrong you, you fucking asshat mac <laughs> You can be Ronald Reagan. I'll be Gorbachev. Fucking mouth. What's that? You can be Ronald Reagan. I'll be Gorbachev, and everybody else can be the Iron Curtain and the you know whatever the Russians were calling us. Somebody's got to pound the shoe on the table. Yes, of course. (laughs) That that would be Rob. There we go. (laughs) So what are we what are we doing for Secret Wars? So I know going in, like, uh, are we just doing a? I assume we're not doing a recap or issue no, by issue. No, no, I, I wouldn't. Tw- that, that would take at least the eight hours. Yeah. Yes. No, honestly, what I'm trying to do because here's the thing. This is why I'm feel, starting to feel like Secret Wars is cursed. Is I, I missed the Rob episode, and then uh, me and the guys recorded a Secret Wars episode, and it's the only time Audacity ever crashed and took <sighs> the recording with it. 
Plus, it took apparently a, a pretty good Christian Wal- uh, Christopher Walken impersonation with it as well. So that's a real damn shame. That's uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that got wiped out. So my idea. I'm not sure if we're ever going to really synopsize the the miniseries. I'm kind of wanting to you go. I don't more, probably don't need to. It's actually it's an extremely simple miniseries. I don't you you could really boil it down to a paragraph if from you know read off Wikipedia. So I'm not worried about synopsizing so much. What I'm trying to do is talk to people and get them like more of a free form, telling me your memories, telling me you know stuff that was important to you and stuff you want to discuss, and then maybe doing a spine where we kind of like okay in this issue blah 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 for a minute or so, and then just have people talk about their memories of the comic, their memories about the toy and whatever you know. Okay. I'm, but I want to keep it really freeform because I the the template is really the uh, 25th anniversary superpowers, where you know everybody kind of did their own thing with it. If they wanted to talk about the mini comics they did, if they wanted to talk about the mini series they did, I I, I don't want to hem people in. Okay. So yes. Yeah, well, so I'll tell you, tell you the angle I would take on it then, and it's a story you've probably heard before on various podcasts. So I, if you don't want me to repeat it, I won't. But Secret Wars is how I got into collecting comics. Oh, I'm aware. As a matter of fact, you mentioned that on a recent episode, didn't you? I probably brought it up again. I, I tend to bring it up a lot because uh, I always assume like every episode is somebody's first kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't assume everyone's listened to the whole catalog. So, But since you've heard the story before, I don't have to bring it up, but it's it's one of my better stories. No, actually, actually see, is. here's the thing is one of the major things I do, and I know this is something Michael Bailey likes to do too, is that he gets people talking about how they got into comics and some of their key memories origin and stuff. Story. Origin yeah. stories, right. But the thing is, is literally Secret Wars contains your 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 entry point, your exact yep. entry point. So obviously, not only do I want you to tell the story, but I want you to tell okay. it in the most excruciating detail your mind is capable of retrieving. I can do it. I can do it. Actually, you know what, fucker? You, you and your damn privacy. I, uh, I mail out Christmas cards this year from Firestorm fan. Mm-hmm. And being you, you won't give me your address. That's fine. But it's a really great card. I got to tell you about it. It's got um, it's got a picture of me and Rob on it because we met this year and the Fire and Water logo. It's got uh, you know Robbie Mel is Firestorm. It's got me with the Enterprise in Washington D.C. It's got uh, a couple other damn things I can't remember. But the center picture is a picture of me and my family, and we're we're in front of the White House, mm-hmm. and in real itty bitty. In the background, I photoshopped in a picture of Christopher Reeve flying in the flag to the White House at the end of Superman <laughs> 2. It, it is like my proudest moment because no one noticed it. Because uh, I, I mailed it out to a bunch of the listeners of the show and nobody noticed it. And I put it on Facebook and they're all like, oh my God, I didn't even see that, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I, anyway. I like sliding that stuff in there. I'm always curious to see what people are going to catch and what they're not. Yep. But it's always so. fun to just, just for me, just to put that little thing in there. Yep. So I enjoyed it. So, but anyway. yeah, but see, that's the thing is by. Being so secretive, I don't have any social obligation to send out Christmas cards. I've never in my entire life sent out anybody to to anyone ever a Christmas card. So for me, that's a win. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Someday I'm coming to Houston, and you know where I'm going to fucking make you meet me. So well, actually, yeah, no, I'll, I'll meet you in person. Just no no flash photography. Uh, no, <laughs> you no, use no a record- picture of yourself on everything. <laughs> yeah, but it's very obscured. That's true. It's, it's green, green and yeah, I well, can actually, see all your nose. When I first, yeah, you could really see it. You could probably see my brain through that uh, as big <laughs> as the nares are. Um, but actually, in the early days of the idle head, I had a few pictures of myself up and I had to go about taking that stuff down because I just had too many bad experiences with people on the internet. So I mean, just, you told me about your family and you don't want people to know who you're related to or you're related to somebody that's questionable. That's fine. Uh, no, I, well, no, I, not questionable. It was just, uh, I just. <laughs> Or they had a bad rep or something like that. No, it wasn't that either. Something to do with the movie. I remember. Some, well, I'm not. I'm not pushing. I just remember it had something to do with the movie industry and somebody that 
you had you had received some negative things in your life yeah, because of your because association of with this person you've never yeah. even met. Yeah, true that, or barely yeah. met. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there's that. Um, but I just prefer to keep my mystique. You know, once you know somebody too well, you know what their farts smell like. It just kills the romance. After all these years, my friend, <laughs> the, the romance is worn off. We've, we've known each other now since like 2006 or seven, somewhere it's been in there. A while, yeah. Well, I, I think it was before I started Firestorm fan, wasn't it? Because I was because uh, I because Idlehead was actually one of the inspirations for sadly. I want to say fan. yeah, sadly. Uh, I want to say I, I want. I thought you first contacted me about the Crisis crossover. The crisis. Well, that was that was during Firestorm, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, okay, I guess I already knew who you were. Yeah, I I, I don't remember you contacting me before you had the Firestorm Firestorm fan blog. Okay. So yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to fix my headset. Keep talking. I'm trying to fix my headset. I I got nothing to say. Well, talk about nonsense. Read a paragraph. I don't care. I need to fix the sound. Talk. Oh, oh, you actually you need me to talk. Okay. Well, uh, okay. So I'm gonna just sort of vamp over here and kind of look at stuff and. Talk a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I think I'll start reading my Showcase Presents editions. Starts with Ambush Bug, followed by the Atom, followed by another Atom. Wait, does Ambush Bug exist? They made it? Yeah. Yeah, I've got it on my shelf. I didn't know they made that. Hey, you know, if if I knew that you were into Ambush Bug, I'd have thrown that out as an option, too. I wasn't sure. I didn't remember if you ever read Ambush Bug. Oh, my God. No, I haven't read it in... 25 years, but God, I yeah, love Ambush and, Bug. And honestly, it doesn't hold up great, but you're gonna got, you guys are going to do uh, number three in a few months anyway, right? That's true. So That's yeah, true. so you'll get to revisit it there. But yeah, no, Ambush Bug was one of the first miniseries I collected. I had a lot of love for Ambush Bug back in the day. It's just that it's hard to read that stuff today. It just doesn't, it doesn't have the impact that it had back then. Metatext w- is, was so unusual at that time, and now it's so damn common that it just it doesn't resonate any, as much anymore. Yeah. But, but I still Deadpool love Keith for all of us. Yeah. Man, I, uh, oh, I hate when they, so much. when they announced that bringing back their ambush bug thing a few years ago, I, I was really excited about it. I, uh, I they, they said you know they were going to have a letters page. I don't think they ever did. But um, did I lose you? Are you still there? No, no, I'm still with you. Okay. It's, it's just I'm just actually listening. I know that's I know it's a weird thing that I actually stop talking and listening, but it does happen every now and again. No, it's a, it's the headset. I'm freaking out about the headset <laughs> okay. not working right. Anyway, so. When they did the ambush bug thing a few years ago, they said they're going to do a letters page. I was so excited about it. I actually wrote them a letter. Like I scrawled it on the back of an o- like I don't know whether it was a napkin or an envelope. <laughs> I did it purposely on something really crazy, right. and I did it with sh- with a sharpie in like fist handed it rather than hand wrote. So right. it's all messy. You you ruined and, it for everybody. I guess so. But I wrote like you know, dear DC Comics, whatever. I'm thrilled the ambush bug is coming back. I love it. Blah blah blah. I'm looking forward to it. P.S. You know. Is his name Irving? Is that his name? Yeah, Irwin Schwab. Irwin. I said, you know, Irwin owes me 10 bucks, by the way. I expect, you know, some sort of threatening comment saying he owes me 10 bucks and he better pay up or something. And, and I figured, I'm like, that's totally for- the kind of shit that would get printed, right? No. <laughs> yeah, and then they tested for anthrax besides. Probably. And then uh, the funny, it was pretty funny that it took him like a year to get the last issue out. That was funny. Well, you, I, I would love that. That's I want somebody to do an article on that. I want to know exactly what happened because Keith Giffen doesn't decide not to do a, a ambush bug issue for no good reason. Yeah. So something happened there, and I'd really like to know what happened because you realize that was guest produced. What do you mean? The, the last issue of Ambush Bug wasn't by, or if it was by Keith Giffen, it was only partially by him. Oh, see, I I haven't even finished reading the miniseries. Like I started it and then I just never finished. Well, it's in a stack somewhere. It's a good thing I didn't go into detail and spoil it for you for the third time. Uh, it's, again, I haven't read. You know, right. it's sitting in a pile since what two thousand seven? Yeah, probably. No, you know, uh, yeah. And I, I read. I was reading that one as it came out. It didn't start out well, but around issue 
I want to say three, it, it really started to uptick and get good again yeah. and, and kind of find its stride. And then that last issue took forever. And then when it comes out, it's mostly, if I remember correctly, by um, the guys who did Tiny Titans. Oh, okay. Those guys yeah. are great. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad issue. It's just, but you, you're like, what happened there? And he hasn't done the character since then, to my recollection. I want to say, has Ambush Bug appeared in the New 52? Maybe oh, not. Yeah, yeah. well, he, he's in those stupid uh, advertorials at the back. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's like you're talking about the letters page, too. I think that's something you had to have as a kid. I'm an old-ass man, and I don't have time for that. And so if I don't read it on the Internet, on, and I don't read message boards or anything anymore, it's mostly if I, if I have time blogs. So even if they reinstated the letters pages, I wouldn't read them. It would just be a tickling my nostalgic fancy. I wouldn't write letters to them. So as much as I want for that to exist, I think it's an artifact of a, of a bygone era. I think that the Internet is the, the, mess, the, the letters page now. Yeah, and, and and DC tried to redo the, or maybe it was Marvel. Someone tried to redo the letters page a few years back, and it it, it went for a month or two, and it didn't go very far. And mainly, you know, it's it is it's absolutely an artifact. Is the best way to put it. I I was kind of surprised when DC shut down their listservs or their message boards. Yeah, yeah, hell, I, that's where I got my start. Honestly, with yep, all, that with was all the, the internet thing, stuff I do, it was it all started on the DC message boards because that was the closest thing to a letters page. You know, and I realized a lot of it was grousing and complaining. But you know, once they got past the new Fifty Two launch, they should have brought it back. Because right now, people are talking. I don't even know where people are talking. On Facebook and comic book resources, I guess. Oh, there, there's still um, plenty of message boards out there, but I, or they have their individual blogs, they have comment sections. There's all sorts of ways. There's so many different platforms. That's the one that making it decentralized is was the main impact of the DC board shutting down. But if they want, but if DC wants to aggregate fans in a place, that's where you do it. But you know, you do it on your own to. site. They don't want to. Comic books are R&D for them now. They, they <sighs> create comic books to turn into video games, cartoons, and movies. The comic book industry exists only because it's still you know, minimally profitable and it's a place for them to work out the kinks on material they're going to um, port to other media. I hate that, but you're right. And the other thing that kills me too is like you'd look at something like Justice League War. I've not met the person yet that actually enjoyed that movie. And I don't know anybody who enjoyed the first arc of Justice League. So if it is R&D, why aren't you listening to the response to that R&D? Because Jeff Johns is in charge. I guess so. But honestly, I don't even think – honestly, I think the, the problem with that story arc is that I think it was written twice. I think it was written for Justice League launch from before the New 52, and it was retrofitted into the launch title. And so I think that the dialogue was probably rewritten, and it wasn't – you can tell just by reading the comic book that that book had to be tailored for Jim Lee's artwork because it was not written in a fashion that would normally be associated with Jeff Johns. Hmm. And another problem is the, one of the main things that everybody loved about Jeff Johns, myself included, was his fidelity to history. The guy knew the comics and he knew what buttons to push, what uh, references to pull out of old comics and put into the new stuff to make it agreeable when he chops somebody's arm off. And with the New 52, all he's doing is chopping people's arms off, and he doesn't have that connection with the audience anymore. And you know, I, I know that DC has restricted what he writes, but it doesn't seem like what he writes gets the attention that he used to get either. And I think part of that is that he lost one of his key ends with his audience through the New 52. He's not as good at generating original material as he is at playing with the old stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was sort of a, a modern-day Roy Thomas. During the old 52, if you will, he, he found the stuff in the old days. He brought it back or found a way to make it fit, and it was interesting. And now I, I used to say this quite often that Jeff Johns never created any original characters. Like towards the end of his Justice Society run, I was kind of – I was kind of had enough of him by that point. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying quite often he never created any original characters. And you can see that where, as you said, he, he stuck 
using what's already existing, and now there's nothing to play with. So I, I am for the first time ever, uh, not ever, for the first time in 30 years, I'm not buying Justice League. No. I actually just dropped it recently. I dropped all of my titles. The only comics, I, new monthly comics I get are Hawkeye and Daredevil and the three Doctor Who titles. And those are on questionable status as it is. It, it's I'm not so getting, weird that you have a Firestorm blog. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I do get Aquaman. Right, right. And you get, but it, it's so funny that you have a Firestorm blog and like the two main books you buy are the Archers. And I don't, I've never remember you saying anything about Archers at any prior, prior point. Well, Daredevil's just the creative not an archer. teams? Oh, I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought you were saying Hawkeye. I did. I said Hawkeye and Daredevil. Oh, I, I, for some reason, my brain turned one of those guys into Green Arrow. So oh, no. that's sorry. That's my bad. Hawkeye and Daredevil. So, and you were enjoying Hawkeye under uh, Matt Fraction, correct? Yep. And I'm looking forward to Jeff Lemire because I have a lot of confidence in Jeff Lemire. So Which he is, should do good as well. But it's weird that he's, he got fired off of Green Arrow and now he's going on to Hawkeye. That's such an odd thing to have done. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. That's pretty funny. Well, yeah, because my understanding, and he was let go because DC wanted to gear the book more toward the Arrow audience. Sure. And, of course, he he was receiving some critical attention for Green Arrow, so I guess Marvel's probably fine taking one critical darling and replacing it with another potential one. Well, I mean, Lemire, Lemire does good stuff, so I, I've enjoyed quite a bit of his stuff. But, yeah, I mean, for me to drop all these books, the other thing I'm getting is previews. Because you remember remember the movie Lost Boys? Yeah. Okay. In Lost, I, I have become the grandpa from Lost Boys. Because in that movie, he gets TV Guide. Mm-hmm. And he says to the kids, they say, well, why do, you get, why do you have TV Guide? You don't have a TV. And he says, if you get TV Guide, you don't need a TV. <laughs> and that's how I am with previews. I get previews. I don't need all those comics. I can just read that, and I'm up to date. You know, I, I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. I've been getting previews since the early 90s. And a, a month doesn't go by that I don't have to order something. I have a compulsion to order something, barring catastrophe. Well, no, wait a minute. I should say, I, I guess I should, since you're saying that, I should oh, be no, I'm not, yeah, well, I'm, I no, order I, a lot I, of stuff. I get yeah, a lot of trades. I, I, get the, um, I get your joke, though. I'm not trying to, to piss on yeah. your joke. But I'll, get a t- I'll, I'll order T-shirts. I'll order Doctor Who stuff out of the back, you know, whatever. I order a lot of stuff, and I get a shitload of trades, more than I can keep up with. Mm-hmm. But as far as new monthly comics, I'm just about done. Well, and and I'm the same boat as you because what kept me at DC for as long as I because I, I mean I if I'd had sense I would have gotten out of DC in the mid aughts when I saw which direction things were going in but I had no way of foreseeing that Didio and and the people who follow his mindset would be in place for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I my love was gone from DC for a long time, and I kept up with all these books because I was interested in the DC universe and the continuity. And it's, it's the same thing that's drawn me back into Marvel's mostly their cinematic universe. I don't, still don't read very many Marvel comics, but I'm very into the cinematic universe because I love continuity. I love history. I love when you take something and you build on it, and you build on it, and you make it this grand structure. You know, just the the raw. Uh, authorial architecture that goes with creating something like that and making something like that work. I, I adore that. So, and that, that's why I kept it with DC is because I cared about, okay, this happened in the 1940s. This happened with the 1950s. And I love the idea of, you know, one of these days somebody should do a 1950s story where they take, it's after the, the Huak has shut down the Justice Society. And so you take all the guys that actually went with the government, but they're out of costume. So Commander Steel's working with Tarantula and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And seeing what had been done, what could be done, all the potential. And, the great thing about the New 52 is that that's gone because they deconstructed everything and then they half-assed put up this shanty town in its place. And it's like, okay, well, everything that I cared about is over with now. I can just stop now. All the stuff that I've been buying out of obligation and out of 
potential as part instead of reality, I can finally just stop doing that and, and grow up and, and start reading books that I can take pleasure in again and stop being an asshole. Cause I really did feel like an asshole after a while there. Cause like, you were, yeah, I was, it's just like with wonder woman, I bought, I, I got in that book in the early nineties and I loved William Mester Loeb's run. And so I went backwards, uh, into the bronze age and I went forwards up until the, uh, Alan Heinberg run. And I finally just decided, you know what? I really haven't enjoyed a Wonder Woman run since the guy who got me into it, William Master Love. I enjoyed stuff from before it. I haven't really enjoyed anything after it. And I have hundreds of comic books featuring Wonder Woman that I don't enjoy where I don't feel like the authors get the character. Why am I still buying this? And it was liberating to just be done with it and mm-hmm. just quit it. And now I'm buying more Wonder Woman comics than ever, but I'm buying Sensation Comics. I want to be buying Wonder Woman 77. I'm buying stuff that I, I actually has some entertainment value for me. And it's oh, they, nice. they are doing a Wonder Woman 77? Oh, yeah. You hadn't heard about that? Uh, no, Mark, I, I don't read the news sites much okay. anymore either. Uh, Mark Andreco is going to do that. It's, it's oh, just cool. going to be like the Batman series except based on the Linda Carter bo- uh, yeah. TV show. So yeah, I, I gotta buy that. <laughs> they they ought to they, they should do like one issue that takes place in the forties and one issue that takes place in the seventies. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, <laughs> well, they do advertise it as Wonder Woman seventy seven. So oh, which I, season is that? Dicey. Actually, well, you know, I don't know. I'm actually not a huge fan of the Wonder Woman TV show. Aww. I watched it as a kid. It's not, and I tried watching it as an adult when it first started hitting DVD, and it's not really a particularly good show i I, it's one of those where linda carter's hot yeah linda carter is hot absolutely it's a show that it's full of iconography and you can take elements from it and enjoy it but really you need to be drunk to to fully appreciate the (laughs) the show um but i'm gonna gonna buy the comic book i used to run around the house i used to take dixie cups and pop out the bottoms and wear them as bracelets and run around and pretend I was Wonder Woman, which oh, wow. you know, tells you a lot about the way I probably grew up. You're, you used to worry my parents quite a bit. I'm sure. Well, she was the only superhero on TV, you know? You, you I could watch me. her and I could watch George Reeves reruns. And so, you know, I'd wear my Superman t-shirt and my Wonder Woman bracelets and run around. <laughs> at least, yes, at least you actually watched George Reeves. I, I, I was referencing that with uh, Mac and Fix-It earlier, and they're like, oh, yeah, we never watched that. It's like, oh, it just, oh, God. The show was great. Yeah, no, I loved it. Uh, well, and, you know, well, that's a whole other conversation, though. But uh, what you're reminding me of with you and your bracelets is that uh, when I was a kid, I, I loved Indiana Jones. I, I was such a huge fan. And they came out with a Barbie doll size. When, when you were a kid, they, did you stop loving Indiana Jones at some point? Kind of, yeah, honestly. I, I've, <sighs> I've never seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Be I, thankful. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I wasn't a big fan of Last Crusade. I saw that in the theater. And uh, it, I, I, it's not that I – some things you, I just – like you guys read the Star Wars episode. I listened to it, and I, I, there were some times where you all went further out than I could uh, uh, connect to because I, may, I was able to keep up with a lot of Star Wars stuff since I was in the shop. Mm-hmm. So I would you know, I'd be playing the card game, and I'd hear guys talking about stuff, and I'd read the previews. So even a lot of stuff that I didn't read, which was the majority of it, I still kind of had an idea what was going on. And every now and again, you guys would go into this expanded universe stuff that I had no connection to. Sure. but. Today, trying to listen to you guys talking about Star Wars, I'm so disconnected from it. I just, I have no personal investment. I can't get excited about it. I, it's just, it's, it feels like a pop song you liked when you were a kid and you haven't heard in years and you hear it again and you're like, oh, that was nice. And then you just go on with your life. You know, it's like, like all of a sudden Martika's Toy Soldiers comes on. I'm like, yeah, Toy Soldiers, that's great. And then I'm just done with it. I, I listen to it for three minutes and I go on and do something else. That's how I feel about Star Wars and really how I feel about Indiana Jones too, with the exception that I can still watch Raiders and Temple and take pleasure in that. 
Um, I don't, I don't want to see anything new. I don't want to revisit that stuff. But when I was a kid, I was all about Indiana Jones. And I bought that, that Barbie doll size figure. And in fact, I remember we'd gone to Toys R Us, which we didn't do very often. And the figure was out of the box. And the, the, one of the employees, you know, like, I'm crying because I want it, but there's no price on it. So one of the employees comes up and just, like, st- uh, takes her sticker gun and sticks it onto the doll itself. And I'm like, oh, thank God I can get my Indiana Jones. So I go and I pay for it. And I realize I have nothing to play with with the Indiana Jones. He's so much bigger than everything else I had. So my mother went out and she bought me like one Ken doll and like one or two Barbie dolls because they had to have girlfriends. Right. And then later on, I think I picked up the $6 million man Bigfoot at a garage sale (laughs) and I had a a kiss, uh, the Gene Simmons demon kiss doll. And of course, being a kid, all the clothes disappeared almost immediately. So it's all right. these naked Barbie dolls lying around. And my, my grandmother actually asked her doctor one day when he paid her a visit if there was something wrong with this. And he's like, no, it'll actually probably help him with his social skills and family skills to have all the dolls interacting with each other. He should be fine. Ah, there we go. Well, she, the doctor was wrong. Your grandmother's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you, though. Tonight, the part of... Sorry, I can't do it. Tonight, the part of Belloc will be played by Ken. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but the dolls actually had like that kind of pose. He could do Heil Hitler and kind of pull it off. I just didn't have a Sharpie to give him the Hitler mustache. It would have been great. Oh, <laughs> or, or draw a little monocle on him. That would have been cool. I actually I didn't, got, start, I didn't start doing that until I got a little bit older. So by that point, the dolls had disappeared. I got to tell you, I was a little bit like you when I saw um, Last Crusade in the theater. I remember walking out being very unhappy, with, unsatisfied with the movie. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a complete ripoff of Raiders. I'm like, well, they did Temple of Doom and it didn't work out. So they just ripped off the first one and that's what this was. This was no good. It sucked. And then it took a few years, but now it's like one of my favorites. I'll watch that one first because it's just so much fun. That movie is, is – it's sort of like Return of the Jedi in that like at the time – again, I was disappointed in Return of the Jedi to some extent. Uh, well, not when I first saw it. But like around 86, 87 when I thought I was an older kid, I thought Return of the Jedi was too kiddie, uh-huh. you know. But then as I get older now, I realize Return of the Jedi is friggin' brilliant. It's just – it's such a great mix of fun. And um, anyway, I, I, think, um, I think Last Crusade is a, a, a real hoot, a yeah. real fun movie. Star Raiders, we see, since I'm a little bit younger than you, uh, I'll just turn that and screw a little bit, turn that knife a little bit more. Thanks, that's um, <laughs> Return of the Jedi came out of the exact perfect time for me to see it because I was young enough to where it was absolutely my favorite when I first yeah. saw it. You know, Empire was too dark for me. I was a little too young for it, but Return was exactly in the right place for me. And of course, as I got older, I went backwards and I, I enjoyed Empire like everybody else. Well, you know, I loved Raiders and I enjoyed Temple of Doom. As I've gotten older, I actually prefer Temple of Doom because I think it's just bigger and broader and crazier and it's it's a much faster paced movie than Raiders and so I find that as an adult I enjoy that more but the fact is I've not seen Last Crusade since you know sometime in the early 90s you know watching on VHS and I think as an adult seeing Indy relate to his father and having you know a a relationship with my father that that really came up later in life because I think that was one of the issues in the movie wasn't it where uh, big issue big issue so I honestly think I need to revisit that because I'd probably see more of my life reflected in it now than I could have seen as a teenager so yeah I might be able to rediscover it like you did but I haven't actually taken that shot yet well I've had daddy issues since I was 12 so I maybe I saw you know tapped into that early I don't know but you should uh, I definitely give it a shot it's a fun movie so much fun. I've, I've actually, I think I showed that one to my daughter first. 
just because it was a fun romp, you know, mm-hmm. versus the, the – you're right. The first one, the pace is very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second one probably, you know, deserves that PG-13. is a little much. Oh, yeah. It's intense. Yeah, so I don't think she would do well with that one. But, but I, I did show her last year. She loved it, especially because it starts off with kids. It starts off with River Phoenix as Indy oh, as a yeah, kid. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they set up the TV show. Well, I don't know that they were setting up the TV show, but they were, they were setting up the, the hat, the whip, and the scar. Well, that, I think they, they were set on that really being the last crusade um, and probably should have been the way that they went with it. Is they, I guess they figured they wanted to get everything into this one that they had left lying around because this was going to be the last chance to do it. Right. Are we talking about Pets Walk, Petsy Walker? Eh, I, we, we can roam around a little bit, but I know you're tired and you need to get to work on your next episode. I'm going to sit here and stare at my previous cover that has Jim as she's truly, truly outrageous on the cover. Hey, were you, daughter, were you a Jim fan? I watched some Jim. I love the concept of Jim. You were too old, huh? Well, it, it's also a girl show. So as hey, a kid, hey, you know, little as a thir- miss uh, running around with uh, Dixie Cup bracelets. Who are you to throw stones? Well, but at this point, I was like 13, though, and girl okay. stuff with Dickie. Yeah, see, now I'm a few years younger than you, so I, I could still get into it. I, and but the, where I'm going with this is my eight-year-old daughter was in the comic shop with me the other day, and I pulled out previews, and she sees all that pink, you know, and a girl with a microphone, and he's like, Daddy, what's that? And I started telling her, and, uh, you know, I'm in the store, and there's a bunch of other people. I'm like, that's Jim, honey. She's truly, truly, truly outrageous. And everyone in the, in the store is like, yeah, she is. <laughs> It's so, uh, you know, it, I, I think my daughter's it, assuming it's age appropriate. I think my daughter's going to end up reading the IDW gem comic. I, one would hope so. One would hope that I mean uh, they would know who their audience would be. It's going to be you know the they're moms. making a movie. Yeah, no, they're making the movie. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to that too. I will see it in the theater. I'll be the only one. I'll be the only adult male in the entire theater. No, you won't. You'll be you'll be there with all the dads. Okay, I'll be <laughs> I'll be the only straight guy with now children. How about that? Right, there it is. Yes. Um, oh, but yeah, I actually I'm, I'm thinking about picking up that book because isn't Ross Campbell going to draw it anyway, or is he just doing the cover? If Ross I'm, Campbell's drawing the interiors, I'm going to have to buy that. That's going to be gorgeous. Means I would have had to open the previews. Ah. Millie Vanilli paid us off in bicycle shorts and hair extensions. Very scary. Rock stars, going out of my mind dealing with rock stars. I I don't make money. I make gifts. I mean, how am I supposed to pay taxes with bathtub compact displayers and autographed drumsticks? You know what I'm saying? I need cash, moolah, wampum, dead presidents, Michael Jackson, Gerald Ford. Paid them in fish. Like, Darede- like the Daredevil movie. Eh? There, they, there's an offhanded reference in there where uh, uh, John Favreau, playing Foggy, is complaining to Matt about taking all these pro bono cases. And he's like, you know what he paid us in? He paid us in haddock. He paid us in fish, Matt. You know, uh, honestly, when I hear that, I think of Adventures of Ford Fairlane. What? Yeah. Do you remember that one? I remember it existed. I hated that guy. <laughs> I hated him. I, he seems like somebody right up your alley, though. <laughs> I, I saw that movie in the theater. I bet you did. <laughs> I, I think it was me and my brother at a dollar show. and We may well have been. I don't think we were the only people in there, but we might have been because it was either that one or A Buyer Mistress of the Dark where I was like, it was just the like only me. straight adult males in the room? Elvira? Just I was talking about the other one, but yeah, I'm about to say no. Elvira, oh yeah, it would have been nothing but straight males in the Andrew Dice Clay movie. But yeah, they they had a big thing where uh, since he was a rock and roll detective, he was always being paid in outlandish stuff that they couldn't use, like koala bears, gold records. So yeah, okay, I know that's complete. That's there's a reference that nobody else is going to get, and I probably just wasted your time and mine even explaining it. And now people are going wondering he edits all that other crap out. Why did that make it in? 
Well, hey, it may not. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so, uh, we've so, got a whole lot of freeform bullshit going on over here. I don't know what's going to end up where. So, <laughs> you might be in the 2015 annual for all I know. What the, what the people at home don't know is that we recorded for two hours before this even started. So, yeah, no kidding. We're at, uh, uh, the actual conversation is at 1:45. The oh, current the current time marker is at 23 minutes, and I think we've <laughs> talked for about 15 seconds about the actual Secret Wars content we're supposed <laughs> to be here for. And and you poor bastard, we're supposed to talk about Blue Devil too. Well, we're doing that for for a good show that people actually listen to. Hey, yeah, true that. I, I went there. Yeah. I, I, Back to Secret Wars. Yeah. Okay. So, were we still talking about Secret Wars too? No, I've lost train. No, I've yeah, lost track of the Frank train. I don't know where we're going. Hey, no. It, that's why I have to edit. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 you guys, edit. you guys, what is editing? Just, you guys can just go in there and talk, and you, you, you've got a good handle on things. We just start talking, and then whatever I get left with, I chop to pieces. That's why the show sounds like it does. That's why it sounds like people are talking <laughs> like this on your show. Get, 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 get. Max bedroom. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> This podcast is already about 90 minutes, so I'm not going to keep you with a little big mailbag. We'll just get to the basics. Retweet frantic ones include the Huntress Batgirl podcast, Jeffrey Brown, and Justice Trek 2019. Keepers of the Favorite's Flame include 06SINE26, Abdul Muhammad, Adriano, Castology Podcast, Daniel French for Sponius Sound Design, Gab2-DNA1B, hells with all this IG88 bullshit, uh, Gafgarn the Eternally Unfurnished, GK Wordsmith, Hello BMO, Hot and Nerdy TV Presentation Pilot, Ja Rule, Jack's Web of Chaos, Jennifer DeRoss, Carl Ottersberg, Casper Beaumont, King Dinosaur, The List Game, Marquea Moro B17, Mark Robbins, Marvel Universe Online, Odell Abner Dracula, Olefkin, The Quest Army, Richard G, RV Athletics Fan, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Speech Bubble Pod, Stockport Super, Tanishka Vashan, Tim Wilsey the Second Turbo, Tom Beach, Thomas Scorsi, Toon Styles Podcast, and Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And finally, the Barrow Bar of Archie Society, 20th Century Geek, One Eight Sage, Dr. Ange, The Avengers Zone, Batter Bally, Collected Edition, Dirk Ashton, Ebdesam, Comics Dugout, Trademark, Thanos Podcast, Green Lantern HG, Gregory Litchfield, Gray D. Black, The Hammer Strikes, Random Geeky Stuff, Helen Robertson at gmail.com, History of Comics on Film, Into the Weird, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Just in Time with J&T Baggers, Justice First Dawn, Keith G. Baker, Man Brain Podcast, Nethead, Nexus of All, Paul Matthew Carr, Randy Caldwell, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, Richard Field, Stu Perrins, Tim Price, Tony Scipione, Trekker Talk, Zach Sally, who added, thank you very much. The Marvel Superheroes Podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Are they really your friends, though? I mean, friends implies that you guys like each other. I don't, I don't, after listening to a few episodes, I'm not sure that you do. No, we, we definitely we, – here's the thing. I, I know this is going to be unfamiliar to you, but when you 
spend time with people in the flesh and blood in person as opposed to through the barrier of the internet, you kind of have a love-hate thing with people, like flesh and blood real people. You you see people in person? Yeah, I know. I can and actually, have to like, like smell them and I can, things. Yeah, That's I, can, gross. I, can, I can reach my arm around them and give them a hug when, when after I've been addicted to them. You for are not a hours. hugger. Don't even oh, don't even give me that no, shit. There's we, no way you're a hugger. We hug pretty much at the end of each podcast. Like when we're going home, we give each other a hug. Yeah, we're bros. You know, we're bros. <laughs> so we got to hug it out. But, no, but but every now and again though, like if you ever listen to the you, my favorite episode is still the Patsy Walker episode. I and, am halfway through that one. That's the one yeah, I'm listening to. This uh, week. How, how is that so far? Well, so far it's just a legal machine and 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 uh, Mac going. What the fuck? What is Hetty doing? So, so that's kind of what it is so far. <laughs> you just said illegal machine and Mac. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, yeah. those are the same person. Oh, illegal machine and Mr. Fixit. That's yeah. right. Whoops, my bad. Okay. Well, see, I love it because I'm not there, and actually, I am there. I'm in the room with them the whole time. It's great because they're getting pissed at each other because uh, I know it doesn't seem like it, but I actually do perform some orchestration on shows that don't involve you. Um, You're performing fellatio. What did you just say? Orchestration, not manipulation. No uh, fingers on balls, head on the cock, none of that kind of shit. Oh! <laughs> Just orchestration, just manipulations. So anyhow, so I wanted to have just fix it and and Mac with and I'm in the room, but I want them to talk to each other and me like let them work it out. And see, I'd already recorded a segment with uh, Illegal Machine, so he kind of knew where this was going. But Mister Fix is like, why are you wearing these fucking chick comics? He just didn't know what the hell was going on. And so Mac is trying to lead him some, but he's so resistant. And so there's this great tension there. And meanwhile, I'm in the room, but I'm not helping at all. And there's this one point where Mac is like, and you. You motherfucker! You need to, you're being borderline violent with this shit because <laughs> I wouldn't tell him when Spider-Man <laughs> first appearance was. No, it's, it's not in there. I think I don't know if it's even recorded. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't, so I'm just sharing this with you. But it, it's great fun because I'm in the room just watching them like digging at each other and 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 you know trying to make their way through this weird material. So anyway, so I just love that because I was able to step back from that. I, I think I had a point, but oh, the point is, is they were literally pissed at each other for a week or two after that because of so much tension created by that. But again, we all hugged it out. We bros. That's funny. It's funny. <laughs> and if you spend enough time together, your menstrual cycle will sync up. My, our menstrual cycles. Your menstrual cycles. <laughs> All that hugging, we bleed out our butts. What can I tell you? Uh, there you go. Okay, so anyhow. Poor Mac. So mutant, yeah, poor Mac. 